Howdy, everyone. Welcome to Go Fluffy Break here on Unsafe Space. I'm Carter. The lady in the purple hat is Carrie. Hey, Carrie. Hello, Carter. How are you today? I'm all right. I've been, I'm diligently working on my um, sympathy weight for the pregnancy. Oh. And I have a little <laughs> bit of a bump going. It's good. I had to end the carnivore to do it. Uh, and go back to drinking yerba mate, but you know, um, I'm, I'm being dutifully uh, nice. supportive. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> what's today? Today is Friday the 13th. As Keith the Hack Guy points out, it's Friday the 13th and Congress is in session. What could go wrong? Um, we have forget. a couple of, uh, announcements. I'm yeah. going to cut you off just for a second. Cause I, I ahead. keep forgetting how soon this is. So I know other people are forgetting. Our first ever retreat is coming up in Texas next weekend. So a week from today, the 20th through the 22nd, if you yes. haven't already gotten tickets and you would like to come, there's a few day passes left. You can go to nope, unsafe. There are no day passes. Everything uh, uh, is gone. You cannot go to unsafespace.com. The links aren't there. You can't buy anything. It is too late. You missed it. Sorry. See you next year. The end. Just email me. No. Okay. Okay. We've okay. For catering. It's done. It's done. Okay. Never mind. You missed it. You missed it. Uh, sorry. <laughs> anyway. But, but <laughs> you should be checking your email if you have paid and think that you haven't heard from us. That's your problem because we have been emailing you. Uh, so if you'd like to know how to get there and all that other stuff, please check your email or reach out or call Carrie like she's signaling. She'll let you know. <laughs> we also have book club coming up this Sunday. And if you guys would like to join it's always free to join and participate. We're doing the Anarchist Handbook by Michael Malice, and that'll be Sunday at two o'clock Texas time live. We'll be discussing that book. So without further ado. Wait, wait, well, what else do we have? Uh, oh, we have to tell them to press the subscribe button oh. in a clever way. Go ahead, Carrie, come up with a clever way. I haven't come up with one yet. Just no. peacefully pound the button. Yes, <clears throat> give us a mostly peaceful subscribe. Okay, now. I'm very excited guests. about today's guests. So we times are crazy. <laughs> and we've been talking about how the purpose of Casual Fridays is to have fun with friends and to have a bit of levity and laugh a little during crazy times, but also speak truth about what's happening. Today we have two truth speakers with two of the best voices and I think two of the uh just the most genuine people we've been able to talk to in the past year. I'm very excited they're going to be here with us. So please welcome Clifton Duncan. Hey, everybody. And Sarah Chawla. Hi. Howdy. Hi. You got welcome to hear our to awkward, show, both of you. Yeah, our awkward <laughs> openings today. Sorry. Now, that was the <laughs> worst right. call to action to subscribe I've ever heard. Sorry. <laughs> That's what makes it special. People will remember it. The worst becomes the best. That's how you do it. I was like, See? I'm friends with you guys. I'm, uns I'm unsubscribing. This is the most mostly peaceful pounding. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds too come up something with something else. Good. Yeah. I mean, come on. <laughs> Wait, can you guys, why don't you pounding? both remind, tell people who you are and how they can follow you before we... Or, or you can keep, it's okay, you can keep mocking the subscribe. <laughs> yeah, let's do that. Let's just keep mocking going. <laughs> this is all the laughter you're going to get today, so you might as well just get it out. I know. I'm, I'm scared. Clifton looks like he's come armed and ready. <laughs> and he, he asked 
I, I don't, I've never been asked to bring the love before, but Clifton said that he was going to bring the fire, the fire and we had to bring the love. And I'm not really sure how to, I don't know how to do that. So it's going to be just, a fiery episode. Just, uh, just be, be, be a peaceful pounder, bro. And that's all you got to do. <laughs> Sorry. Um, but anyway, uh, my name is Clifton Duncan. Uh, I am, or I don't, I, I used to be, I'm not sure right now, to be quite frank with you, uh, an actor. Uh, used to be based in New York, but uh, as we've seen, that city uh, is well on the way to uh, ruin and disrepair. Um, I began opening my mouth uh, last year because I just couldn't stay silent about these kinds of things. I happened to uh, just fortuitously meet uh, Miss Carrie Smith uh, in Georgia. And um, now uh, here we are where we are. So I'll shut up and I'll pass the ball to uh, Sirut, whose name I, I'm working on pronouncing correctly, but I'll get it someday, I promise. It was pretty close. It was pretty good. All right. The worst, the worst I've heard was secret, and even worse than that was cigarette. So I'll take cigarette. It's better than being called a cigarette. Um, I am a therapist in London, and also um, someone that can't keep my mouth shut, really. Um, and you can find me on Twitter and Instagram. Um, and I'm not even going to say my name because you're not going to find me by that. Just look in the text box. <laughs> Fair enough. All right. Well, I certainly have things that I'm a little bit fired up about, but yeah. I'm sure that our guests have stuff that they're fired up about. So free for all. Who wants to start? What are you What are you fired up about this week? Um, well, I saw that, um, I think it was you, Carrie, that retweeted um, with, uh, uh, what Mike Harlow retweeted about uh, what Jack Brasobic was talking about. And I learned this last night, but there, there's a Broadway actress named Laura Osnes um, who got fired uh, from a show in the Hamptons recently because she refuses to uh, take the jab, as it were. And um, I have been, uh, you know, I mean, I've worked with her briefly. She's a self-described uh, Christian conservative in my brief time with her. Uh, she seemed very sweet, um, very gifted, obviously. Um, she's already been on the bad side of a lot of people in the industry because of uh, her open Christian conservativeness. Uh, they tend to be the worst kinds of people. I'm being sarcastic. And um, what, I'm, what I'm fired up about is that uh, this is going to continue happening. I'm sure that she's the, not, not the only person that feels this way. Uh, in the Page Six article, one of her uh, co-stars, an actor named Tony Yazbek, yes, I'm using names, um, was quoted as, as um, saying that he asked her about her status, quote, uh, because I have two kids at home. And I'm thinking to myself, this is the state of the, wh where the, the, the group think is of the industry right now, where these people who don't understand that, that schools have been open across the country in some areas for a year, schools have been open in Europe. Uh, one of the reasons I sort of um, got um, I'm in a chat group right now with a bunch of that was started by a bunch of moms who were concerned about what was happening in schools. And, uh, you know, I don't have any children. I'm not a parent, but I was a kid once. And, you know, what we've been doing to kids uh, over the past year, uh, based on the reaction to this virus, uh, has already been bad enough. But these people still don't understand the risk that the virus actually poses to their children. What can we swear? Are we allowed? Yes, please. I mean, what the fuck does it matter that you have two kids at home? If presumably you're vaccinated, we know that this virus is not that impactful for children. We've known that for a long time now. And this this patholo this weaponized 
savior complex. Um, I mean, these people want to save the world and they think they're doing it, you know, one mask at a time, one lockdown at a time. They're destroying everything. They're destroying society. They're destroying the arts. And uh, that's my dryer. And I, I, I just, I can't, I don't know what to do anymore because I know there's a lot of people who feel the same way that I do, but they're not saying anything. No one's doing anything about it. And um, they're just going to keep on marching us toward, I don't know, whatever we're marching toward, but it, it doesn't seem to be a, a very happy place. And I would say that for the Democrats at large right now, I, or even the, I'll, I'll just say the, the American left right now. I know, Sirat, uh, you're over in the UK, but at least I thought you were. Um, you'll correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, people aren't just coming out and saying like the left is just wrong about COVID. They're wrong. They've they've been wrong almost the whole time. They're dangerously wrong. They're dangerously deluded, and they're leading us down a path of they're creating another caste system. And you would think that the left, you know, would be somewhere to be found on this. Um, they're talking about billionaires and corporate greed while taking advice from people like Bill Gates and. Um, and these, you know, and Pfizer and Moderna, they're 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 increasing all these people's profits. Whatever happened to greed is bad. Whatever happened to going after greed and, and corruption and government corruption? Now all of a sudden we trust these institutions. Um, there was a, a, a an article that the New York Times tweeted out. I haven't read it yet, but it talks about how twenty seven percent of young black New Yorkers are not vaccinated. And I, and I keep saying over and over again, if you try to instill these mandates, if you try to you know, require uh, vaccine verification, you're going to be discriminating disproportionately against black and Latino people. These are the same people who a year ago were burning down city blocks in protest for minority rights. What are you doing? You have no clue. Can you not understand how, how these viewpoints con contradict themselves? But you don't care. They don't care. That's the thing about about that gets me about it. They just don't seem to care about it because they're so they're so stuck in this world where if they go outside and breathe in the air, they're going to die. They're putting masks on their children who don't need to be masked. And they think that they're good people for doing it. They're going around talking about screw your freedom. They're making fun of the idea of civil liberties. I mean, who are you people? They keep saying that you need to go out and get this shot, even though we're seeing now that, you know, they're quote unquote leaky. So they're not going to be the weapon that we that we need, by on it on 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 its own to end to end the pandemic. I mean, there's just there's so many things that are going wrong all at the same time, and I'm just sort of tired of um, more people not standing up and saying, you know what? I mean, I talk to people I talk to people at my job, and you know, I, I'd wager, and this seems reflective of most of the country that maybe half. I mean, I think Georgia maybe is like hovering around forty percent in terms of um, people who are fully vaccinated. But the people at my job, I mean, at least half of them are like, no, I'm not taking that shot. I'm not taking it. And there's no uniformity in gender or race or even age. Um, these people don't know who they're discriminating against. They have a picture in their mind of who it is and it's just not correct and they don't care. And I don't know how to make them care or how to convince them. That's the end of my rant for now. I'm just, I'm angry. That's a great rant. So thank you. Mm. Um, I just think yeah, the, I, the sorry ahead. the the politicization of of literally everything covid the vaccine and I'm vaccinated and I completely understand why people are hesitant because it's frightening there's there's horror stories all over the internet there's both sides mainly it's it's America telling the whole world either 
get vaccinated or you're a despicable human being, you're an anti-vaxxer, um, basically you're a piece of shit who wants to kill grandma. Or um, it's, it's this, this, this weird pressure that makes people distrustful and suspicious. The more you kind of put the heat on people, the more they're gonna be like, well, why are you pushing me like this? Why are you making it making it sort of a socially um, taboo thing to ask questions? Meanwhile, there's, there's actual conspiracy theorists saying crazy things about the vaccines from, I don't know, it's just, and people can't voice these fears. People can't talk about it openly. We can't have a conversation. Of course, people are hesitant. Of course, they're frightened. And, you know, they're suppressing any adverse effects people are having from the vaccine. That's going to make people extremely suspicious and, and um, distrustful. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's uh, the way by going about this is um, completely ass backwards. And I think we're going to be living with COVID for a really long time. So this kind of hyperbole and hysteria, um, it, it's not the way. We have to find a way to to just you know calm the fuck down and learn to deal with what what the reality is and carry on you can't keep people locked in their houses endlessly and you know my my thing is you know the whole idea of quote unquote anti vaxxer it's been it's been thrown around so frivolously now that it almost has no meaning um into the the vat of anti-vaxxerdom they're they're dumping people in you know in the following categories well a um you know women of childbearing age who are quite concerned about their reproductive health and from what i've seen it appears they actually have some reason to be but we're not allowed to talk about that um b it's people who already contracted the virus and recovered from it and don't see the need to uh, to top up or supplement their immune system for something that their immune system has beat already. I happen to fall into this category. C, there's people that, uh, for whatever reason, they might have taken the first shot even, and they had some kind of severe reaction, and they've been advised not to take a second shot, or they've had reactions to, to, um, to other vaccines in the past. They don't want to take the shot. Um, that's a completely valid reason. Um, D, you know, pregnant women. Now, just the other day, they released some guidance that they're urging pregnant women to 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 take the to take the shot, and I'm thinking to myself, like, why? It, it's it goes off of what Sarit was saying. There's such a huge push right now, and I think the it, it's just it's very new. Everyone knows that it, it's 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 new, even though the technology itself is not necessarily new. But um, it's not a vaccine in the traditional sense that we think about it. It doesn't make you some sort of Talking, focusing on this one particular—I um, mean, I'm calling it a, a therapeutic. Um, it it doesn't it doesn't preclude uh, the, the functionality or your opinions about any other vaccine. And I see people online making this ridiculous uh, argument all the time, this stupid equivalency of like, "Well, you have to get mandated, or you have to take a smallpox and polio." And you know, what about those vaccines? And it's like, okay, well, if I'm if I book a film. And I need to travel to a country that they require, a, you know, a vaccine for yellow fever. Guess what? I'm going to take it because I don't want yellow fever. I've already had COVID, and that's it's it, it. This sort of nuance is completely lost right now. And these are the people who think that there are moral and intellectual betters yeah. who are just completely lumping people in into into just these simple categories. And it's not, again, it's not you know, rural knuckle dragging 
uh, white redneck Trumpers. It's a lot of, I mean, I just said the New York Times, it's, all, it's a lot of people who aren't, who aren't taking it and they, they don't trust it. There's no uniformity in terms of demographics or whatever. It, the, people just have their reasons. And, um, you know, I see even normal. people in reality who, who don't get this. The, well, and know, look, anyone who's the, rational. You're mentioning sorry, the, I, those other vaccines that, that, that when they're saying, what about smallpox? What about polio? I found that a lot of people haven't, I didn't know the history of these vaccines. My husband's been reading about them. And, and so I've started reading about them because he's telling me all these facts, but to compare those things, I think they, they're missing the, the point that a lot of people are hesitant and a lot of the people that are getting thrown into this category, as you're calling it, of, of, of anti-vaxxers, we've taken those other vaccines. Smallpox had a, had a mortality rate of 30%. COVID has a mortality rate of like less than 1%. And then on top of that, they had years of trials for polio. They went through so many trials and they kept pulling it. They stopped the trials in the 30s. They had so many people who were getting paralyzed or who were dying from polio. In the 50s, they stopped the trials again. So they, they had decades to develop these vaccines. And then they've been here for, for decades since. And then they want to tell me, so that's why you have to take this one that hasn't been around longer than a year. And I'm like, uh, the very history of the development of the polio vaccine is exactly the reason I don't want, for me, I don't want to take this one yet. <laughs> like that, 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 that sounds completely rational. It's it completely like reasonable. Rational. Yeah. The last it does. time the FDA emergency yeah. approved a vaccine. And, and, and we took it, I think the last time was in 1976 and it was for the swine flu and it turned out to be problematic. They had to retract it. Like it didn't go well. Um, and so it's complete. I look, I think it's a completely rational thing for someone to say, you know what? I'm not sure, but the fact that I can't talk about it and that people can't have an open discussion, that's what scares me. That, yeah. I mean, that scares me more than anything else. More than anything else is when people say, like, they don't, YouTube doesn't ban you for not, for like, you can talk about Flat Earth all you want on YouTube and Twitter. And they're not afraid of Flat Earthers winning the debate, right? They, like, they let Flat Earth people ha have their conversations, but they're restricting this. And they're restricting this for a reason. And it's completely rational to be, to be suspicious of why they're restricting this conversation. And just to be clear, it's the US government has a particular perspective. I, I, I mentioned this yesterday um, in a private call, but so my wife is pregnant, by the way, um, and she just got berated by her nurse about taking the vaccine and you have to take the vaccine. And she's, she's Chinese and she was just in China for a while and she did part of her neonatal care in China and she's home now for the end of her pregnancy. And um, in China, she said to the doctor, she said, well, in China, they tell you not to take it if you're pregnant. They say, please don't take the vaccine. Please don't take it if you're pregnant. It's a risk. That's what the official policy is in China. Um, but here, they act as if we've had some sort of longitudinal study, which is impossible um, to have done. And they act like you're an idiot and a, like you were saying, Clifton, a knuckle dragger and a science denier for saying, you know what, I'm not, I'm going to wait. I'm not sure the death rate is really low. And by the way, the death rate's even lower if you don't have comorbidity factors and you're young and healthy. So, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to wait. That's all just true. Um, I don't know. The, the, the China it, thing, the other, <laughs> the other China exactly. thing. Go ahead. Go ahead. 
Oh, but you're exactly right, Sorette. It's it's the way in which they're marketing it that is is it's having the opposite of intended effect, which makes me wonder if they really do intend to divide us into these groups and they don't care. They know they know full well that it's pushing those of us who are hesitant to be even more skeptical, maybe because yeah. I, I'm you're not going to convince me by censoring information and pushing propaganda. That makes me less likely to trust you. <laughs> yeah. Like, what do you want? Yeah. Do you want me to take it? Well, or... I think they'd say, yeah, the more bullying that... isn't the solution. Like, oh, well, you haven't taken it because we haven't bullied you bullying enough. Bullying is a problem. But bullying is creating a new problem. It's not a solution to um, fucking anything. Um, right. And, you know, I think that what the thing, what they'd say about the flat earth versus talking about COVID is that they'd say that the flat earth earthers aren't a threat to anyone and the vulnerable populations and you know they wrap everything in social justice language sure. so sure. this is now you're you're putting marginalized people who are at most at risk at extra risk by having this conversation and i think again that makes people distrustful and you know sort of um the fact that the vaccine has just been wheeled out and immediately the the party line yeah the party line i think doesn't doesn't know the term for it is this is completely safe and questioning that is um, a sign that you deny science. Now we have questions because we've seen data, we've seen you know pretty credible good scientists with um, uh, a good history of, of producing great work come out and say I'm not I'm not sure about this, I'm not sure this is a good idea and there's no institutional legitimacy because they've spent the last few years just lying, making up things, and then they they have like, oh, plot twist. <laughs> Actually, we thought this all along and changed the narrative again. Mm -hmm. And then you see all these lemmings around you who just, they say jump and then the lemmings go how high? And you're kind of just watching it like the sane person in a group of like, what is what is this? How is everyone in the bog and I'm not? So I completely understand why people are scared, distrustful, feel betrayed, feel angry, um, and you know, anti-hero Kate on Twitter. Um, I kind of I read her tweets and they they make me so sad because all this all this stuff it it targets white working class people. They're the ones who get um, who get called, you know, MAGA idiots. They're the ones who get called the science deniers, the anti-vaxxers. And she writes often that she feels really betrayed. She feels spit upon. And um, yeah, just, I think it's appalling. Yeah. Well, I think that, that the reaction to a lot of this has been so, it's been, not just racist, but as you bring it up, I mean, it's also very classist. Um, I've, I've been appalled from the beginning of, of um, sorry, I've got to jot something down. I've been appalled from the beginning um, at this idea of who was essential and who was not. Um, I, I sat back and watched um, in early 2020, so many people in, in my, you know, parentheses, former um, industry, uh, sneering down at people protesting for the crime of wanting to go to work yeah. and yet at the same time <laughs> they they themselves are being barred from working by their unions and 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 so on and so forth while also begging for government money and and bailouts 
And um, at the same time, it's like, you know, we we should all just stay home while if you live in New York, you know, some some uh, some poor Latino dude or some, you know, black teenager is going to be walking up your five story walk up and, you know, rain or snow to come deliver your your Grubhub or whatever. Or they got to stay or they got to be up, uh, be up at whatever hours um, that you get to sleep in because they got to work at the, the local bodega or grocery store to bag your groceries and keep the aisles clean. You know, they're driving trucks, they're, they're delivering food, they're doing, you know, they're working at Dollar General for no money, they're working at CVS. And now these are the people that you're turning around and saying that they're bad people because they, you know, they don't vote the way that you do or they don't want the, uh, the, the shot that you do. I wanna go back a little bit to what Carter said about the swine flu thing in 1976, because it, it highlights sort of another problem. Mike Wallace of 60 Minutes, I mean, they did a whole special on this thing back in 1976. And it's, and it's incredible to see this journalist uh, uh, talk to um, some bureaucrat, some official or whatever, who's in charge of this sort of public health um, aspect of the swine flu breakout in 76. And Mike Wallace is questioning him He's he's making him squirm and twist in his chair because there's so much nonsense going on. Where is the press doing that today? Yes. Where is the press out there to be like, hey, uh, hey, Tony Fauci, um, we think you're full of shit. Um, you said this, then you said this. Now you're saying this, but then you were saying this back in the back during the AIDS epidemic. You did this and you did that. And a lot of people died. And why don't we talk about that? Why are you sitting up here now? You know, how many patients have you treated? How do you know what's going on? You know, I, I'm, I'm glad you made it here, you know, between photo shoots, asshole. Like, why is nobody coming up and, and talking to these officials? Hey, Rochelle Walensky, um, where's that impending doom you were talking about? I, I was at UFC a month ago. Everybody that I know is still alive. You know what I mean? Like, there, there's no yeah. one. Yeah. There's no one holding these people accountable. And the people that do, you know, they're suppressed, they're censored or they're rendered uh, unmentionables or, or, or kooks. And so you have to go to this alternative space to get these voices. And I think part of the problem, you know, we talk about flat earthers and I've seen the same thing too, is that, you know, if you're going to go to the, the bit shoots or the, or the rumbles or try to go to other alternative spaces, you know, you also tend to run into this contingency of people who are like, yeah, also, did you know that the Jews are taking over the right. world and <laughs> that the earth uh, is flat? And, um, you know, these are, these are, uh, the, the end of days because my Bible said so. No offense, Carrie, but it's it, it's um, <laughs> no no. But 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 yeah, people okay. are like, no, it, it's the end times. Everything and and you know me, like you know, I'm an atheist, yes. But at the same time, like Christians are cool with me. But you know, when people start going fire and brimstone, it's just like okay, well, it's going to be difficult to be right. able to put forth these messages right now because there's also so many other people who are like, well, you know, the virus just doesn't exist, and um, it, you know, this is all. Uh, a plot to uh, introduce a 5G technology to spy on us and all this kind yeah. of stuff. I mean, you know, and, it, and it's really difficult to extricate yourself from that sort of um, thing because and then there's also bona fide anti-vaxxers. I've, anti who I've are, seen uh, this. They push people further towards, um, because if you can't find truth, if they're banning truth and open discussion from the public square, then people are going to go where they can find truth. And, and when they go there, they're going to, it's going to be mixed in with a lot of stuff. That's um, just rubbish. really far rubbish yeah. and really far out yeah. there. Mm -hmm. And so I've seen people get pushed over to that place because if they're being um, there's something that happens with, you know, when you start to realize you've been lied to about one thing, a very good thing happens. I think you open your mind to what else you might've been lied to about. And I, I, that happened with me, my mind opened. I'm like, I started questioning things. I started questioning all the narratives I believed, but you can go, I've seen some people go 
too far where, you know, suddenly it's the flat, like you're talking about the flat earth or yeah. um, the, you know, moon landing didn't happen, which it didn't. I'm kidding. <laughs> Can I get back to something Clifton said? Okay. I, I, I think for a while in history, it's been so if you look at um, especially uh, revolutionary history, it's the it's generally the leftist bourgeois that that push revolutions. It's generally not the the masses like you, that was in that was true in, in France. It was true in, in Russia. It's true generally that the bourgeois, the bourgeois push it in the name of some other group. They say we're representing the people. We're doing this for the people or for these this class of people or whatever. And I think in America for a long time, we've assumed that the the leftist bourgeois who has been saying that they care about this class of people or this group of people, and that's the motivation behind their leftism, it turns out that it never was the motivation behind their leftism. And now we're finally seeing that when push comes to shove and they have to make a choice between the the leftist, the, the push to authoritarian leftism that is tangible and that they can feel in their grasp, uh, they, they, they feel like now they can take the mask off. They don't need to hide behind their good intentions anymore. They can take the mask off because they've They've accumulated a critical mass of power, and I don't think they feel threatened by the, their opposition anymore. So now they can, they absolutely don't care. Like Clifton was saying, you know, they, these mask mandates perhaps have, or vaccination mandates have a disproportionately negative effect on, on minority populations in cities or whatever. Other laws they've used that argument against in the past, but they don't care now. And the truth is they never actually cared about those populations. They always just cared about the political agenda. And I think a lot of people are waking up to that now. Well, Ibram X. Kendi, uh, the most brilliant scholar of our time, wrote in how to be, <laughs> wrote in how to be an anti-racist, that racist policy. By the way, he never ever defines the word racism. But he defines racist policy as that which produces <laughs> that which policy that produces racist results. <laughs> well, All these, his definitions these, are circular. All it's of hilarious. Them, yeah. It's yeah. hilarious. Yeah. But uh, he's he's rich off of his bullshit, and I'm not. So there we go. Um, but he, I mean, these are obviously racist policies, and and that they can't see that. I got into it uh, very briefly with um, I'm, I'm naming names. This actor named Stephen Pasquale, who um, oddly enough, it's, it's a low blow and I hate saying it, but did anybody watch uh, The People versus O.J. Simpson, this brilliant series that was on yes. FX some years ago? He, play, he played Mark Furman in that. Oh. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> I was all like, oh, look at that. The motherfucker who played Mark Furman is discriminating against black people. But, uh, <laughs> no, but, it, it, but he was talking about, you know, it's time to make. Uh, uh, life uncomfortable, and this is you know this is this emerging message you see from uh, from these leftist kind of circles, these Democrat circles, these blue the, the blue church, as it were. Um, you know, it's time to make life uh, miserable for the quote unquote unvaccinated. And I simply replied, I said, well, you know, what we've been talking about here, which is that a disproportionate number of uh, blacks and Latinos are are not vaccinated. Is that is that, you know, you're discriminating against these people. This is at a time, by the way, that our industry um, has been completely taken over in the wake of George Floyd's death with this idea of diversity, inclusion, equity, anti-racism. Um, 
I mean, you should see the 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 emails I get from from the unions and and you know where these theaters are going and where these production companies are going with this kind of stuff. So they're I, I want, on one end they're completely obsessed with uh, getting more minorities into the industry, but at the same time, at the exact same time, they're saying, well, if you're not vaccinated, you can't come. And uh, and no matter how many times you explain to them, like, no, <laughs> black folks ain't taking this. You're going to discriminate against them. You're going to make them second-class citizens again. They just don't. Yeah. They just don't care. And um, what's what's been kind of not kind of but very concerning and also angering for me is it, you know I really feel that these people, um, if if given the chance, they they would wish you dead. They would see no problem with you just disappearing and just being being killed or or at least allowed to die. I mean, I, you know what I mean? I know it sounds, as much, it sounds extreme. Them. Yeah, you know it's, what I mean? No, it sounds extreme, but that's, 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 that's how high the stakes are right now. Yeah. And, and and they feel like good people for, for, for feeling that way. That's that's the major, that's the, that's the thing that gets me about it. Yeah. They can't see the contradiction. So maybe you could talk about that a little bit because I'm noticing this everywhere now. And I know it's probably, it's always been human nature. It's just maybe we go through periods of time where it's more obvious than others or it's more heightened, but I see so much just outright um, projection and hypocrisy where people will say one thing and then contradict themselves with their behavior or with their very next sentence. Beverly, can you pull up, I want to show Sarah this one. Can you pull up the uh, one about Schwarzenegger that I sent you? This is, this is in a headline and it just cracked me up and it, I, I see stuff like this every day. And, and I see it from what you're talking about, Clifton, from people saying, I hope you die essentially. And if you get sick, don't go to the hospital and we're not going to help you. And then in the very next breath, trying to pretend like they care about people and you don't somehow. Um, so this Schwarzenegger headline, I don't know if she's got it. I'll just read it. Okay, here it is. Arnold Schwarzenegger stands by his schmucks criticism of anti-maskers. <laughs> and he also, in the article you can read, he stands by his, uh, he said, he said, screw your Implores freedom. Empathy. Yes. And then it says implores empathy. Let's go back up. Implores empathy. Be more empathetic, you schmucks. Yeah, that's yes. so um, so effective. I mean, what is that? How can people not see this? This is virtue. Can't you see? This is what. This is virtue. This is goodness. <laughs> this is what we all all should be doing. Um, we're going to call anybody who doesn't agree with us a schmuck, while saying let's be let's be more empathetic. Yeah. Um, it's, I mean, this is par for course at this point, isn't it? Like these people have worms in their brains. I don't know what else to to say about it. Like, I don't know how you can say one sentence and then follow it up with be more empathetic. Um, well, this is this is the same thing historically, though. This is what happens when you're seized by an ideology that you believe is in the best interest of an abstract idea of humankind. Right. And you said the communists did it like it's the same. It, this is why this is why Stalin starved millions of Ukrainians, because it was for the public good. He had some greater cause and it was worth it. And so calling people schmucks is much less, you know, that's a lot you know, nicer than starving them. Um, so like it's not I think we assume that uh, I think it's hard. It's hard for people to understand that like this isn't cognitive dissonance for them in the sense that like they're not 
they don't see this as a conflict because they have a they have a higher purpose and that purpose is the ideology that they believe will 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 bring utopia and by any means necessary that needs to be pushed because the most empathetic thing is to bring about the blankety blank utopia and it doesn't matter how many bodies are scattered in in the wind on the way there does that make sense yeah, it does. Of course, it. And and part of that that process is to dehumanize whoever is standing in the way of that greater good. So they, yes. you know, and and that's part of their um, their dialect dialectics and their narratives are always twofold. It's always you have to do this, but if you don't do this, you are clearly a this, and that's going to make you a social pariah. And, um, you know, add to that this, um, there's a penalty for not believing the um, scripture, because that's what it is, scripture. If you don't believe the scripture, we're going to, um, like like Clifton, such a talented actor, and he can't, can't um, get anywhere because he has views that they don't like. Or we're going to get you fired, we're going to contact your um, employers and, and cause problems for you, we're going to make it so that you don't, you know, if your income is tied to the internet, like life is unbearable for you, like they, they, um, this is how every single, every single, um, totalitarian ideology or totalitarian regime starts. And, you know, hopefully it's not going to go there, but to not even be able to point out that this is how th these things start, that's another red flag for me. Yeah. It's a huge red flag. Yeah. Yeah. I think I, also, I'll go ahead, Claire. No, no, I'd prefer to you go ahead. Oh, uh, well, I, uh, I think also that there is a few things that strike me. Just going back to uh, ideology and this sort of possession. And I was thinking about this um, uh, right before we got on. Um, one of the things that convinced me that I finally had to get out of New York City uh, was this incredible and ridiculous press conference that Andrew Cuomo gave. And uh, maybe some of you have seen it, but um, this reporter had the audacity to ask him about the economic ramifications of shutting everything down. And he launches into this tirade, uh, this diatribe about, you know, uh, death, death is worse than a bad economy. You know, and, and, you know, we, we, if it only saves one life, we have to do this. And, you know, you want to get a job? Uh, go be an essential worker. They're hiring as if you could become a nurse by turning in an application or, or a mechanic for the for public transit or a doctor. Hey, that, that's you know? the way it works in reality TV, Clifton. Or a senator, because they're essential. You know, Let's just be clear. You know, yeah. Well, yeah, exactly. As if you can just, you know, walk up and say, hey, y'all hiring, you know, and turn in like three references. and like, oh, you're a nurse now. Like, you know, it, but it was such a ridiculous rant. And I and I remember feeling this this visceral just I don't even know how to describe it in the pit of my stomach. And I said, oh, my God, this man will do anything to justify this rigid moral framework. And it was very frightening. And now I feel like I'm seeing that sort of in the in the macro. I'm seeing all of these people who, you know, they I, I have sympathy in terms of them being, you know, we're, we're tired and they've been made to feel angry at, you know, this, that at the unvaccinated, but, you know, everyone's ready to get on with this. And um, 
But at the same time, they have this rigid moral framework. I see the same thing now, a year later, where I think these people, I, I, I just feel like these people will, will justify anything, um, any sort of restrictive measures um, to satiate their sense of like moral superiority and you know and they want to get back to normal i'm thinking to myself well how is it normal to be to have to show uh your your vaccine status uh to to go to the gym how is that normal or to buy it, like your fucking groceries or to buy i mean that that's not that's not normal and i and again i'd be on these i'd be on at zoom rehearsals listening to these actors you know i listen a lot you know you learn so much when you don't talk that much um, you know, contrary to what I'm doing right now. And people would say things like, um, I'm so glad that I'm in an area where everyone is wearing masks. And, you know, this is right after they would talk about, um, you know, how theaters are shutting down and having to downsize and um, which, which to me says like, oh, you know, there's not gonna be as much work. Or they would say things like, um, um, yeah, we can never go back to, to the old normal. And I'm just like, you people, are you in life? You know what I mean? And, and meanwhile, I'm, you know, I'm down in Atlanta where even though the, uh, which is sort of a schizophrenic city in the way that it's um, handled, the, the, um, handled the pandemic because the schools and libraries have been closed, but like nightclubs, strip clubs, um, bars have been open. <laughs> you could go to the gym. You, you can't you know, get COVID in the strip club. Didn't you know that? Yeah. So, you can't go so, to math yeah. class, but you can go take it off on stage. That's cool. Yeah. Well, you know, you can, you can't <laughs> you can't go to school, but you can you look at some titties. You can't get COVID from titties with no mask. That's the most that's the most sexy tantalizing part. Now they're like mask free stripping. Yeah. Uh, but but uh, it's it's just this this weird um this weird morality, and that and that's been disturbing me for a long time. It's it's, it's, no, it's, it's turned not into this moral movement. I think well, it's really it's it's moral to them. It's moral yeah, to them. It, it's they've confused um, a really warped, weird belief system with universal mor morality. It's not morality at all. Um, it's it's these really weirdly compliant people. Like I was having a conversation with a friend last night, and um, we were talking about a video we'd seen of someone we know, and it was like these are definitely like, you know, the 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 kids who um, end up going into a school and shooting everybody because they have so much resentment, they're lonely, um, they have no support. And um, so, you know, not to that extreme, but often people with dark triad tendencies like psychopathy, um, narcissism, yes. and they kind of like, I don't know, it's like these people with some of these tendencies who also don't have any competence, who also don't have any confidence and they've kind of banded together and they're using their resentment as a tool to just like smash up all the popular kids who weren't nice to them when they were kids. I know that sounds really simplistic, but there's an, there's a grain of truth to that. No, no, yes. that, there's, there's definitely truth to that. There's definitely truth to that. Well, there's you know, a... one, one, I was just going to say one red flag for me relating to something that you said earlier, Clifton, is uh, when you when you hear value judgments being passed around without a valuer, it's a red flag. And the example I'll use is, is the essential workers. And this is what bothered me, right? Essential is a value judgment. Mm -hmm. it, it assumes a valuer to whom are they essential? And the, the key there is it's not a person. It's essential to what? It's usually a vague, very ill-defined thing called society 
that representatives can claim they speak for, right? Hmm. My job's essential to me and to my family, right? Like everyone is essential. Everyone's job is, hmm. unless they're, you know, just working for fun and they're uh, trust fund babies or something, everyone's job is essential to their lives. But they throw this around and we're supposed to accept this classification as essential without ever asking the question, essential to whom? And we're supposed to be okay with essential to society being an actual moral argument. That's not how Western civilization is built. You are not, you're not a cog in society's machine. That the difference between Western civilization and China, theoretically, is we are individuals and we don't exist for the sake of the others in society. We exist for our own sake and uh. we have rights. And we're not, we're not just fodder for what the state wants to do or what people decide is the, the right, quote, course of action for society. That's what's, that's, that's despotism, right? But that's again, the dialectic. That's, that's part yes. of this collectivist push. So this is one where you start to engineer the culture. You start to say, well, these people are the essential ones because they're sacrificing so much for everybody else. And right. you have to go and wear your mask and get vaccinated because it's for everybody else. And it's kind of changing the, the um, you know, be whatever, be an individual or kind of be free and, and right. um, individual liberties. We're gonna sacrifice those because it's actually not for the individual, it's for the whole. Um, but they do it in a very, because there's truth to both, right? You have to be a strong individual. You know, being a, a strong society is predicated on each, each individual being strong and robust in themselves. If you're a weak, mm -hmm. pathetic mess, who are you going to help? No, nope, like, so. Um, well, soon the essential becomes party member, right? Like mm -hmm. the essential people mm -hmm. become party members and. Oh, yeah. That's it. Well, yeah. and this is what's what's funny to me. You know, I'm thinking about. Um, I think also essential is sort of relative. Um, I, I I got some pushback once um, when I mentioned that um, Broadway should never have shut down in New York City. Broadway is essential to the economy of New York City, and they were like, "What?" And I'm like, "Well, yeah, it brings in so much money. They get all this tourist money. It, it employs so many people, and it's not just the actors or people working backstage. You're talking about." Uh, mechanics, you're talking about uh, custodians to keep the building running, you're talking about security guards, you're talking about, you know, the, the elderly or the very young ushers who, you know, are taking part-time work uh, for whatever reason. You're talking about, uh, you know, uh, costume and wardrobe designers and assistants, um, Barbara, I mean, uh, the, the, the West Side Story revival uh, that was playing right before everything shut down. Um, you know, largely black and Latino cast, all out of work now. That show is not coming back. And my barber was the bar was one of the barbers for that show. This is a black, you know, queer, um, I, I'll say woman, um, you know, who is thrown out of work because of because of this. Uh, you go around to the, the theater district, aka the Times Square, which pretty much you know in, uh, encircles the Times Square area. So many businesses shut down, so many restaurants shut down. All that traffic. You know, that helps out souvenir shops and little diners, you know, hole in the wall diners or bodegas, um, you know, the, the little Walgreens, like right at the center of Times Square is there. I mean, there, there's so many intricately connected systems that that Broadway is is essential to. And these people just said these people who who view themselves as. Uh, as ragers against the machine, there's who they, they think they, they are the machine. They, 
They want to be revolutionaries, right? They, they, they think they're challenging the status quo, yet they allow these government officials to render them uh, non-essential. Meanwhile, McDonald's and liquor stores are still fucking open. And yet Broadway is not essential. The, you know, the, 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 the arts in general and one of the one of the United States, if not the world's most most vaunted cultural centers is not essential. How are you? You're you're allowing the government to call you to, to say that you're worthless. Yeah. How how yeah. are you? How are you this this uh, this freedom fighter and on the vanguard of cultural change? And yet you're letting the you know. And of course they'll say, well, people were dying, people were dying, and then you have to get into the whole debate about well, who exactly is dying? What are the comorbidities? You know, why don't we stratify the you know, classify this by age? You know, is there anything? Uh, are there other treatments available? Is there any way to prevent this kind of thing? But they're deaf to any of that sort of discussion because they just have one. One way to go about it, but I'm just, you know, they the, don't. The my rant was to point out that they, they're, you know, at least in New York, these these quote unquote artists who don't know fucking anything, um, view themselves as like, you know, we're we're bucking the system, like y'all are, like you said, you are the system, you're making the system powerful, you are metastasizing the fucking system. Yeah. To this bullshit. And pe the thing about people dying is, it's like they don't realize that they're getting multiple impressions of propaganda per day. And, and that people, they don't have the same opinion about people being able to drive cars. I can always tell when somebody's telling me, well, you shouldn't be able to go to work and you shouldn't be able to go outside and you shouldn't be able to do this. And the government has a right to tell you that because you might have something without knowing it. You might have COVID and you might give it to someone and they might die. And it's like, well, then you should, you also should believe that I, I, I shouldn't be able to drive a car. Right. Because there are so many car deaths per year in the U.S. It's uh, I wrote it down so I wouldn't forget 32,000 a year in the U.S., two million people injured. And yet you don't extend that. Why not? Because there's not a spate of things about how many people are dying from car deaths every day. And there's not a spate of articles about how many people are dying from obesity. And if there were, maybe you would be saying you shouldn't be allowed to eat at McDonald's. Why? Well, because some people were saying yourself. that. You know, <laughs> they were. Remember. Oh yeah, there was there was there was, there was like sugar taxes and um, oh, taxes right. against large drinks. Sugar and taxes. All, yeah, there's that's totally. But a lot of these totally people, happen. a lot of the people who get pulled into this hysteria and supporting these this kind of government intrusion into individual rights, they're just being pulled there for COVID. And if you bring up these other things about traffic accidents and and deaths by motor vehicle and stuff, they don't have an answer to that. I think it, I think it's because sometimes I was talking with my friend. Um, Mr. Chris, actually, he's been on the show before. I was talking with him the other day, and it's almost like if you talk, he was saying, if I talk to someone on the left and I talk about how all these corporations are making bananas money right now, like all the big pharma and Amazon and, and Bezos himself and how all of their profits have just skyrocketed because of government intervention, because of the, the results of, of lockdowns and the results of the vaccine push. And he's like, if I talk about big pharma and all these corporations making lots of money, sometimes they kind of are like, oh, wait, yeah, like that sucks. And, and you can kind of get them to start thinking about things. And it, it's almost like your their mind has become a rat in a maze and because of the propaganda and the, the cycle, it's almost a psychological kind of control. I think this is the way it was for me. Certain avenues were cut off in my mind where I just didn't naturally travel there. And so yeah. if you can find the right thing, sometimes like ask them about corporations making all this money 
during the lockdowns. And it's almost like you're pulling, you're opening up another avenue for the rat in the maze that hasn't been open before. Like, wait, what? Let me think about that. <laughs> I don't know what I think about that. That was shut off to me, you know? Well, it, oh. it's so funny to me because I remember a year ago, whenever somebody would, would talk about, um, they would smear anyone who warned about damage to the economy that they, you know, they say, well, you're putting, you're putting profits over people. Meanwhile, a year later, we have these pharmaceutical companies who, in my opinion, are doing that exact same thing, but they don't care about it. I'm like, how can you not? How can you not see uh, what's what's going on? It's like, it's. It, I think that the lack of the lack of principles, the lack of values. I think that's that's sort of what. I mean, I know Carter. Before you were talking about how you know that it's not really uh, contradictory to them. You know, it's just a part of their their ideological possession. But it's it's still astounding to watch. And you know, having as someone who's who sat in rehearsal studios for years and has been on set and just you know, I've been privy to so to so many of these conversations. And you know, I remember when I I went away for a while, and you know, I really began my sort of I guess you'd call it an intellectual journey. And and then I would come back to these space. I went, I went to a poetry uh, uh, slam, basically. And um, it would have been the kind of thing where years before I would have been like, yeah, you know, I get to meet some fellow artists and people, you know, creating their own stuff and and uh, using their voices to speak out against whatever, you know, just express themselves. It's always a beautiful thing. And I just found the level of, of discourse and work that was just it was just so shallow and just so low and just so um just predictable and it's about oppression and patriarchy and and black people this and race that and yeah, you know it's art is so tired now right it's so dude there there is this there's this brilliant essay and i keep talking about it written in 1946 by a guy named albert maltz who was a, a pretty staunch leftist from from what i understand and he wrote a he wrote a um essay called what shall we ask of writers? You can still look it up. I, I highly recommend people read it. And what he was writing about in 1946, um, it's, it's still present today. And he was assailing specifically um, left-wing writers, playwrights, novelists, um, just you know, using art as a weapon is what he called it, um, how it, it, it stifles this political bent, it stifles criticism, it stifles the, the, the maturation process of artists. He talks about how, you know, when you're crafting characters, the idea is, is to catch humanity in this little moment in time. And, you know, a, a story or a piece of work is successful when, you're, when the author or the creator is able to delineate these characters in a way that, that's justified by the story and it has a, a, an emotional impact, a satisfying emotional impact. But you know, with these people using art as a weapon, he also says that they're using, um, they're writing political leaflets for their peers, not yeah. not actual, you know, not actual works of of great art that that will stand the test of time. And I mean, that's 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 the same thing that's 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 going on right now. There is just a um, you, you you sit in these rooms and or you go to you even go to auditions and and you just hear these conversations or you have conversations with people and it's just in one frame of mind it's only one way to view the world it's only one uh, perspective that that's that's allowed and of course people become afraid you know if someone like a Laura Osnes comes out and says I'm a Christian conservative um there was another actress who was going to replace one of the leads in Mean Girls on Broadway and they came after her because she liked some tweets from Candace Owens and Ben Shapiro. <laughs> See that. How dare she? Yeah, how how dare she? You know, and, and that's and part of why that. I got cancelled. I like to tweet of Ben Shapiro's. Oh, how that's dare what? you? That's, that's why partly why I got like my first major cancellation was was 
because I liked a Ben Shapiro tweet and because I said human beings, or I said tree and lizard aren't genders. So those two, those, <laughs> they were so angry that I said that a person can't be a lizard. But like, this is absolutely bigoted and discriminatory, discriminatory to people who identify as lizards. They were so angry. And it's just so like, Hillary Clinton was really pissed off about that one. <laughs> uh, this is not what I expect from my therapist to write. I want one who acknowledges and validates my lizard. This was a therapist, by the way. This was an actual wow. therapist. Yeah. Uh, I think she's training, I'm not sure, in Australia. But she was so ang so angry that I dared to say that you can't, a person can't be a tree or a lizard. And uh, okay then. I guess. Was it Claire wow. Lehman? Sorry. Um, <laughs> can, I, can I break up? I, I know you have to run soon, Clifton, and I wanted to cover something quickly if we could and just talk about it. I've noticed that, and I'm sure you guys have all noticed this, that a lot of our institutions have now, they've been fully captured by ideology. It's not just that it's creeping in. I mean, I know that this happened to the ACLU a few years ago, but now it's all of these medical, supposedly medical and scientific institutions. And so, Beverly, could you pull up? Could you pull up the uh, the link I sent you about the CDC and the American Academy of Pediatrics? And I wanted to. I saw you talking about this, Surat, and um, I wanted to just bring it up to you guys. One, the CDC, the head of the CDC, put out a tweet talking about how pregnant women should go ahead and get the vaccine, but she pointedly said pregnant people twice instead of saying pregnant women, which begs the question, why should I be listening to you about medicine and my medical choices? Yeah, if you could zoom in on those two images. So click on that one, yeah. So she said the rise in cases, vaccine hesitancy, and the increased risk of severe illness for pregnant people Make Wait, did she bold it? No, I did. I was looking uh, for the tweet. That's when you search for it. The, the the keyword you search for comes up bold. Oh, okay, yeah. okay. Carter's not on Twitter that often. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I'm on Twitter sometimes, but I'm not. Good not for you, for, Carter. For pregnant people, make vaccination against COVID-19 more urgent than ever. Read why at CDC Gov. Uh, CDC Gov recommends that pregnant people, she said it again, should be vaccinated against COVID-19. And... It just, again, this is coming from the CDC, and, and I thought most of the comments were spot on. People just saying, why are we listening to you about science when you can't even say women? You're so beholden to a belief system that you can't even bring yourself to use the word women. What's so wrong with using the word women? Well, and then, lizards. And then the other, the other one <laughs> is, uh, go to the next one, Beverly. Yeah, so this is the one I saw Sarah talking about this one, too. This is the American Academy of Pediatrics. And they did a whole tweet thread about masks and how we should we should feel okay about kids wearing masks and and this one in particular I just it this one make, strikes me as so evil. They say babies and young children study faces, so you may worry that having masked caregivers would harm children's language development. There are no studies to support this concern. Oh young God. children <laughs> will use other clues like gestures and tone of voice. Because we didn't fund any, Fuck you. No one allowed any studies to be funded. <laughs> Therefore, there are no studies to support. They're very okay. old studies. This is what attachment science is based on, trauma science. Um, 
to babies babies learn through mirroring so the baby doesn't you know something happens and then the mother smiles and the baby sees the mother smile and then the baby smiles that's how it works and it's also co-regulation an infant can't um you know calm itself down and soothe itself it needs the mother to soothe it and it's through those interactions that the baby learns to soothe itself and part of that is facial expression that's a really important part your nervous system is connected to the muscles in your face this is one way that we kind of read what's happening with somebody else is through their facial expression this is really important for a baby's development an infant's development is to be able to see um to see not to hear hear your voice and um see their expression on your face and to be able to mirror and to be able to to be attuned to the mother and for the mother to be attuned to the baby if you don't do that um what the baby learns is that there's there's no one here who's going to soothe me look after me connect to me i'm going to just shut down emotionally completely and there were there were so many anecdotal responses to that tweet with people saying you know this is just my experience i'm not but in my case one woman said she said my two and a half year old spent a whole year with his only interaction with adults was seeing them in masks and he's had so many speech and and uh, development problems we're working with a language specialist my one-year-old has not had this problem and so it, it just, she was, you know, people are saying, this is not my experience having had a kid who's been in this environment with all the adults being masked. Um, but none of that seems to matter, like how it's actually affecting people. There was also that- At best, she's stupid and she doesn't know what is very common knowledge. And at worst, she's a, a bold-faced liar. Yeah. There's also it's, also, it's why I get annoyed when people say that, you know, oh, it's just a mask. It's just a small inconvenience. Um, uh, my colleague, Eli Klein, who's been uh, sort of a, a, a warrior on, on Twitter about some of this stuff, you know, it's, it's, you know, he says over and over again, it's not just a mask. And I know we're talking about children, but I mean, there's, there's an aspect of it as an adult. It, it feels... Um, there, I mean, the word that popped into my mind, just it, there's something that's emasculating about the mask. There's something that it shuts down the the desire for social interaction. It impedes social interaction. It impedes human connection. It impedes uh, it, it impedes intimacy, essentially, even among strangers, even when you're, yeah. you're you're just you're just meeting people. I mean, and it's and it's not just kids. It's adults as well. I remember, uh, Sarit, um, there's a your, your story, your comments reminded me of a woman and that I met in New York. It was in the Upper West Side. Um, and this was, I think, late last summer. And people were walking around outside with masks on. Um, I was not. And there was an, an older woman, I, you know, I think she, she maybe was in her late 60s. And um, she had her mask down around her chin. And we had just a, a short interaction. And she was and she just talked about how how nice it was just to see someone else smile. And I just, I wanted to hug her because how many people just like that are out there who are missing the, 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 the warmth, the, the nonverbal communication, the, the, just the, the, again, I use the word intimacy that's, de that's developed between human beings. And yet, you know, there's just as many people now, it seems that are gonna call this woman some kind of anti-masker and horrible person. Um, this is the person who this is a person who was in the the most high risk 
demographic, but she's but she's like, I just want to be able to connect to people. I just want to see people smiling again. It's not just, it's not I just. A, like there's this weird misanthropic kind of response to everything. It's like you know, it, I don't care about being cut off from people. I don't care about what these children are going through because people are people are dying, and um, I, you know, I don't know what to make of it. Well, it's always it's always hyperbole, and that's I I. I think my the thing I struggle with most is that you just can't have a rational, logical conversation with anyone because they will, um, I mean, they flip the fuck out and you're just looking at them like, can, uh, can you just talk like a grown up? What are you like? What What is this? I'm asking you a question. This one data point they've given you of this one question doesn't tell you anything else about me. The fact that you think it does indicates you've been like through some kind of programming or something like there's a problem here. Um, I don't know. My, my view on masks is that when we didn't know what was going on, we knew it was a highly communicable disease. We didn't under, like, you know, no one was vaccinated. Then, yeah, fine. Wear a mask in public. Now, every people are getting like, why are we still if I knew I couldn't um, uh, not wear a mask or was required to still wear a mask in quite a lot of places that might have informed my decision to get vaccinated. Um, like my, my life has been ravaged by COVID. I've lost my mom. That's, that's, my life is never gonna be the same again um, after that. My, I had COVID last year, I have an autoimmune condition, so, um, and I'm, I'm thick, so I have comorbidities. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, um, and I ended up with long COVID, which might've just been my autoimmune condition, I don't know. Um, how do we like? We don't know. I haven't seen. I haven't seen a doctor in forever because you can't access them. Um, and yeah, my it's been difficult. And um, I've lost my mom. It's been a, like sort of devastating thing for my family. And I would still like to have rational conversations about this and look at the data and the logic and weigh things up properly and decide based on what's true. And I think that's what's most irritating about all this is that we're surrounded by people who don't care what's true. I don't know how to communicate with people like that. Like we are so different in um, how we view the world and, and what's important to us. And I, I, I don't know how to, how to talk to somebody who doesn't care what's true. And if you do care what's true and logical and rational and you know fair for fair in general across the board, then they start calling you a fascist and shouting at you on the internet. It's just like, are you okay? Like, this is not how yeah. adults are supposed to behave. Yeah. yeah. I think this is a, are you a believer, Sarat? I can't remember. Are you a believer do, in like, do, you, do I have faith? Yeah. Do you believe in a higher power or of God um, or? I think so. Um, I mean, I fluctuate kind of, but I think so. And, um, I do believe in the tenets of Sikhism, so I can say that I um, Sikhism is very similar to Stoicism, and I like kind of um, that definitely helps me make meaning of the world. And yeah, I've started thinking more about because there's a a verse in which I'm sure you guys have probably heard, even if you're not Christian, about uh, God is the way, the truth, and the life. And I didn't think about that for a long time, and until recently, I started thinking about. I think a lot of now about like what words mean and what if things that I've heard that I just, it's like, Oh, that's just a great saying, but what does it actually mean? And I think God is truth. And so I think a lot of people who, even if they don't consider themselves believers, but they believe in truth, 
yeah. and it's important to them. What else do we have? Yeah, the truth is well, all we have. Well, things like like truth. I mean, you you might even classify it as a higher power. Truth, good, virtue, what's right. Um, these are concepts that sort of. Oh, sorry, Clifton. These are white supremacists talking. About <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, just, I'm triggered. Check out. You know what though? Like, I'm uh, I'm I'm going back. I'm rereading. Um, I want to go back and yeah, I'm, I'm a product of American public education, so I have a lot of catching up to do and making up to do. And I'm going back and reading, um, uh, I'm reading Aristotle's, um, I read his poetics, but I'm, I'm reading rhetoric right now. And there's, he, he writes about how things that are true, I'm paraphrasing, obviously, um, I don't think I was as smart as he was. I'm as smart as he was, but things that are true tend to went out in the end. That's simply, that's sort of what he was saying. And he was writing about how humans have a natural impulse towards, you know, that, that veers them towards uh, the, the truth and, and, and what's right. And it was really, it was eye-opening, you know, to read. There was something that like kind of aspirational about it. There was something that was positive about it. It's, it spoke well of humanity in general, as opposed to what I think what we have now is such a cynical um, outlook uh, on, on so many things. But, you know, I, I, I hope, you know, the, I guess some of the good that comes out of this before I have to go, I mean, I do see people who are saying, you know, day by day, the more extreme things get, uh, the more people sort of snap out of their stupor, they, the more they wake up. I know the more conversations I have, the more I'm surprised that in like sort of normal life, there is more of a plurality of opinion about this kind of thing. And people that you least expect um, are kind of on your side, even if they're not quite as uh, bullish about it as you are. So maybe there's a light at the end of the tunnel that um, eventually the truth will out and there will be some sense to this. But um, in, in the meantime, it just seems that we're gripped by this this panic and this hysteria, but it's, and it's being, it's being, exploited and and used and uh, i mean i wanted to get into like you know different human motivations for this i was thinking about this sort of from, from an actor's an actor's perspective like you know what's my motivation um there's not really a time to do that it doesn't have to be any big conspiracy theory you can just look at the humanity of this the vanity the thirst for power the thirst for riches um fear um you know we used to understand that uh, that power corrupts absolutely um, the insecurity, what that does to a person who is in a position of power, um, panic. I mean, th these are these kinds of decisions and, and psychological and emotional motivators can be ascribed to a lot of things. And it's like, you know, you can you can you can pour them all together and, and come up with some explanations for a lot of this stuff that doesn't make you sound like you, you think you're going to fall off one of the edges of the earth one day. Um, I don't know. I kind think of I know what it is that, that will make some of these these people. Um, wake up a bit is when their comfort is impacted because it's very nice and easy to be sitting on your butt at home on the internet firing off insults into your echo chamber um while you know seriously causing problems that that will that have ramifications you know decades down the road but when their comfort is impeded and um things get difficult for them our comfort is impeded which is partly why we're all really angry. And part of what's impeding our comfort is um, is 
you know, we care about the truth. We care about rationality. We don't want to see, um, we don't want to turn to, you know, a collect what happens in America impacts Britain big time. It's partly why I care about it because yeah. it's, it's being imported here. And um, I care about my field being turned into a fucking mess and um, people not being helped, them just being sort of slowly, sweetly poisoned. And so that that's that's part of the impetus of all of us to stand up and say no fucking stop this this is terrible when their comfort is impeded and it will be because they're in unleashing demons that will come and get them as well like when you you know censor free speech and things like that you're a complete moron if you think that isn't going to come back and bite you in the ass and it will then they're going to wake up and then it might be too late yeah yeah that's so clifton has to go uh, thank you so much for joining us today, sir. And tell us one thing, you don't have to bring a good news item, but tell us one thing you're joyful about or grateful for. If Is there one thing? Um, it, you know, I am grateful that I have a network of people who are, even when I disagree with them, uh, who are like-minded, who are interesting, um, I still can't believe that you know I'm, I'm having so much contact and working my way into circles with people that I I used to just watch from home, you know, stoned on the internet. And um, <laughs> so, regardless of everything that's happening, um, it's it that is one thing to be thankful for is a, is a really great network of um, really interesting and really smart people who are who are as concerned as I am about uh, the major issues of of the day. So. You know, I said I didn't have anything to be joyful about, but uh, but but uh, I hope that 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 counts. That counts. That counts. Yeah. yeah. And All right. well, thank, thank you, you very Remind much. Remind people how they can find you, Clifton. Yeah. So um, you can find me on on Twitter. Uh, I, I am a self-professed uh, mediocre Twitter personality at Clifton A. Duncan. That, that once again, that's at Clifton A. Duncan. I'm on Instagram at Clifton Duncan online. I also have a YouTube channel, um, which I'm going to be making much more use of uh, in the very near future. It's uh, it's Clifton Duncan Entertainment, and um, that is where you can find uh, find me, uh, Sirut. It's wonderful to uh, chat with you again. Um, me too. I, I hope that you are. I hope that you are hanging in there. I know you've been through a lot, uh, Carrie and uh, <laughs> <laughs> Carrie and Carter. Um, you know. You, I'm kind of disappointed. I didn't feel that much love coming from you. Uh, this, this, but that was your responsibility. I know. We got <laughs> really dark and time. deep. <laughs> I didn't even get to show you the funny clips. I'll have to send them to you. I'll, 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 yeah, you have to send them to me later. I got to go and, uh, and uh, to my job, which I don't want to go to. But, you know, it is what it is. All right, everybody. Take care. Have a well, good Well, we loved having you here. Thank you for joining. Bye. Thanks, guys. All right. All right. Thank you for sticking around. Now we're going to take a, a sharp turn and get just really just fun. I'm kidding. Okay. <laughs> Actually, wait, I want to tell, this is related, and I, I want to tell, I want to tell, tell a tale of two cities. Okay. And I want you guys to guess. Carrie might know already. I want you guys to guess. So in one city, mm. both these cities, obviously, there's the city government, and then there's a government above them, right? Just like in most places. In one of these cities... They have said you need vaccinations to go to bars, clubs, gyms, anywhere, restaurants. And the government above them had said, said that's all good. In the other city, 
Uh, they also tried to, to say that. But the government above them said, no. Uh, the government above them said, we need to operate on the basic principles of informed, agreed, and voluntary. And that government said it should be noted that people who've not been vaccinated so far may have a variety of special reasons. Um, some people can't get vaccinated due to allergies or diseases. Um, some have health issues. Some people are pregnant or breastfeeding and they, they don't want to get vaccinated. So there's lots of reasons. Um, so those are the two cities. Where Second are they? Second city has to be Texas. Has to has to have something to do with Texas, I feel like. Where do you think the first city is? Has San to be Francisco. in California. The first city, San Francisco. You yeah. ready for the second? You're wrong about the second city, though. You know where it is? Where? Florida. China. Fuck off. <laughs> that is so. China. That is terrible. Oh wow. So, so all these people that are like, we're so much better than China. I get it. They're a communist government. They're authoritarian. There's a lot wrong with them. My point is not that they're great. It's that we have slidden a lot farther into authoritarianism than you guys think. The difference between us and China is rapidly vanishing. And in this case, China was more principled. <laughs> and wow. That's really sobering. God, that's really sobering. Right? Um, China. That would have just done. depressed Clifton if I had said that while he was here. So. The communist government of China is more concerned about individual liberties mm -hmm. than than California. That's, yes. Wow. Yeah. All right. I'll, now that I, I've depressed you all, Carrie. Well, I wanted to show happy. something positive. This is something I saw happening on social media, and I think it's a great. I mean. I like it when people find a good hashtag, a positive hashtag, and latch onto it. Now, this hashtag is there's a positive way to look at it, and it's also kind of sad. But there's the new normal hashtag where people are posting pictures of themselves to kind of try to. Per oh, look at that! It's my big glasses. Oh. Um, <laughs> but uh, people are posting pictures of themselves, and if you scroll down, Beverly, you can see it started. I think outside of the US because it's starting in some of these countries where they're already instituting the vaccine passport. And so people are saying like, yeah, like I live in, my name is Anna. I live in England. Uh, I live in Scotland. I live in Germany. I live in um, Croatia, I saw. And they're basically trying to humanize what's happening with these vaccine passports and with the segregation that a lot of countries are now proposing and saying, you know, you can't go Gas into- the unvaccinated. Did you see that? No, what is that? I live Germany. in Germany. Yeah. Welcome to Germany. The graffiti reads gas the unvaccinated. Jesus Christ. Wow. Yeah, that uh that <laughs> that's not scary coming from Germany. Jesus wow. Oh, I saw this one. Here's Ireland. I am Gur. I live in Ireland. I was supposed to get married tomorrow. But with restrictions, I basically wouldn't have been allowed to kiss my wife. I'm not allowed to bring her and our kids out for a meal tomorrow to celebrate. We are second-class citizens. Hashtag new normal. And and there's just thousands of posts like this from people all around the world, and you know, trying to put a face to what Clifton was talking about before. This sort of this group that they're now calling they're calling us all anti-vax. Most of us have had vaccines. I've had I've had vaccines as an adult. I'm not anti-vax. Most people I, who are called anti-vaxxers have had every other vaccine they're required to have, including yearly flu shots. Um, yeah. Not wanting to take a vaccine that's been rushed and politicized 
and um, you're feeling frightened about is um, seems seems fair and reasonable to me. You give you you need to give yeah. people more information and reassure them. Like this is not the way to um, uh, work on on vaccine hesitancy. You know, people are pe when someone's scared, you don't give them an extra kick in the teeth and then stamp a red letter on them and then and then like um, I don't know, have everyone in call the town them square call them killer. Yeah, yeah, horrible, fucking ridiculous. Like this is not how you deal with people who feel scared. Yeah. By the way, I just remembered, I've actually taken an experimental vaccine as an adult that was eventually pulled from the market for, like, I don't even know if it was on the market. Maybe it was a trial. It was, there was a Lyme disease vaccine years ago really? that I tried. Yeah. Um, did you have any adverse um, I didn't. Effect? Okay. No, I didn't. I found the same but... with the Pfizer. It was interesting. Like, I had um, almost no, re no reaction to either shot. Um, the first one, my arm was a bit sore in the evening. The next day, I was back to normal. Second one, exactly the same. My arm was even less sore second time. Was my partner was ill both times. But then I've had COVID, so I, I wonder if that's had something to do with it. Uh, yeah. And I've been yeah. to India re very recently and been in um, government-mandated quarantine, which was ravaged by COVID as well. So I've probably had a decent amount of time being exposed to it and built up some good immunity, I think. That, um, yeah, although my understanding is even if you've done, you've got a lot of antibodies, I think they only last six months to like, the, right. know, they don't, they don't stay in your system long. Um, okay. So, and I don't know why that is. That's just my, my understanding, but I don't think it's the same as like smallpox where you get the vaccine and you're fine forever. I think it's, I think it's like, you need to, See, I think, I'm not sure. Yeah, that, that's, that's what it is. It's so early and it's so new. We only we've only had COVID in the world for like a year. Um, all the all the interventions about it are less time than that. I know they keep saying it's it's built on the SARS vaccines from before and all this kind of stuff, but we've never had um, none of the other SARS viruses became pandemics. So right. I don't know how anyone can talk with authority about anything to do with COVID because well it, you can't see the wood for the trees. We don't know yeah. the scientists know. with with. Yeah, but scientists who like you have 10 scientists, they have 10 different opinions. And then you have yeah. bloody politicians jumping in there and nutcase people on the internet. Um, when some are shouting about this is going to make you have 5G transmitted into your butt or whatever, I don't know what they're talking about. And then you have like the other lot were saying, take the vaccine or you're a despicable piece of shit. I mean, like, it's like they're trying. They couldn't, you know, if they wanted to make everyone totally confused and no one know at all what's going on, like they couldn't orchestrate it better than what they're doing right now. Than what they've done. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if, if they were not pushing it so hard, I would actually be looking at the data much more closely and be like, oh, maybe I should consider what are the risks and blah, blah, blah. Like there'd be open discussions, but they're pushing it so hard that I'm just like, you know what? Fuck it. Yeah. Like you guys are... You guys are pushing this way too hard. There's something wrong. <laughs> what is it like actually like living in America at the minute? And um, what's the what does the vaccine push look like? Because I'm only seeing it through by okay. the proxy of the distortion. It's different where Carrie and I are. Like, so, she's totally okay. different than where I am. Well, yeah. actually, I'll give you the view from Texas because people think it. And we are. I consider us a free state. But it's just as bad here in terms of you get the constant messaging. That's national. Yeah. And I have friends. Okay who are being forced now 
to get it, it to, to continue working. I have a friend, we're, we're supposed to meet up this coming week to figure out what she can do because she doesn't know if she's going to fight it or not. But her job is getting ready to say, you have to have the vaccine to keep working here. That's crazy. People being put in that position. I know people who, same thing for the college, uh, colleges, the college is saying you have to be vaccinated to be on campus. That's crazy. You shouldn't have to do that. It's a new vaccine. Um, and it's for a virus that has a low mortality rate and also the average age of those who I saw James Lindsay was pointing at this out this morning that the average age of those who have died from COVID is is uh, older than the average like death rate or older than the average age at which you die. So it's it's still this thing where the fear, I guess the fear, it's not that it's not a it's not that it's not a deadly virus. It's not that it's not worse than the flu. It is. But they've they've outsized it to such a degree that people talk about it like it's smallpox, and it's not. That's such a different. That's a different kind of plague, and and to say that you shouldn't be able to go to work if you haven't gotten it, or you shouldn't be able to go to school, or you know, we saw Don Lemon uh, talking about how you should be able to go to the grocery store, and it's it's basically like you've become this undesirable unperson who shouldn't contribute to society. That kind of messaging is still happening here. Um, on the other hand. I don't live in Austin proper anymore. And Austin is more like California and everybody conforms. My friend, one of my friends who, who lives down there, I saw her yesterday. She said, everyone is wearing the mask again, even though they're all vaccinated. Like Austin's got a high vaccination rates, but they've all pulled the mask back out because of mm. the constant fear. So walking around, it looks like it did a few months ago where everyone's got the mask back on and they're there. It's like if they snap their fingers, people jump. Um, I don't live down there though. I live outside of Austin. And so it's pretty free. And when you walk around here and you interact with people, you'll see, you'll still see masked people once in a while, but for the most part, it's, uh, I don't know, maybe it's the circles I, I tend to move in anyway. I just, I hang out with people who aren't that hysterical about it. Carter, yeah. your, your experience is going to be really different. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah. I, I don't, I mean, it's California. I think ninety something, like a ninety percent of people are vaccinated in California. Um, it's a tremendous amount, or at least the Bay Area. I think it's California generally, though. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we're back to as I mentioned, San Francisco's got the. They're going to start requiring proof of vaccination to go into indoor, any indoor activity. Um, everyone's just, got their mask so out. It's crazy. Like you know, yeah. even if I mean for grocery stores and stuff, I feel like. I mean, it's it's blanket straight up wrong for work. Um, you surely like a reasonable employer would say something like if you don't get vaccinated, either either vaccinate or wear a mask while you're in the building. You know, at least that's like meeting people halfway But to threaten people's employment if they don't get vaccinated. Of course, you're going to get even people are going to get more suspicious. It's like, why are they trying so hard to to? Yeah, it's just. It, well, is it there makes something in the water in America? <laughs> like, yeah. why, is it, why yeah. is it like this? Yeah. It, I mean, what is it for like me, there? one of the most eye-opening things has been the culture. Oh, it's right? much you, calmer. It's um, calmer? Well, it's calmer, I think. But then people here are very, like, um, the Brits are pretty compliant. But it's calmer in the sense that we have more institutional legitimacy than I think you guys have. So... I think there's more people who are trusting that, right, we're being given the Pfizer vaccine. It's okay, let's give it a go and see what it's like. Um, you don't have to mask out in the street or anything anymore, but 
some businesses require you to to do it um your work is not going to do anything like that i can't imagine that happening here like hmm. saying that if you don't get vaccinated you you're going to get sacked um that's shocking that's pretty like that so i don't know i don't know what it is it, but then around the time of your elections last year i watched i was watching um youtube shows or youtube channels of like your news and i just had to stop because i was got a headache every single time yeah. it didn't matter who i was watching and i think like the difference in the, the way that we see news and you see news i think really speaks to a, a, a cultural difference um here you kind of yeah there's it's biased for sure you want to go and look at different um channels as well but you get like the bbc news for example they come on they're pretty straightforward they're not kind of like giving their opinions they're just telling you so this happened that happened we're going to talk to this expert and um yeah that's the news good night whereas in america or from based on just the the few shows i watched it's like this side has a very clear narrative and they have their boogeyman and this side has a very clear narrative and their boogeyman and then they insult each other and it's like almost like a like a theater drama kind of yes. thing and the anchors it's like they are the stars of it's really weird like they're the stars of the show and it's really hyperbolic it's much less fact based much more narrative it's um and i watched a few of these new shows and just came away being like there's a lot you know i would be um 24/7 riled up and stressed out if i had to watch get my news yes. from this do you do you find ever that people what cuz you're well, you're treating people in the uk but do you find people who talk about having uh pol political induced stress because i know people who've had that and i was just talking with a, a friend of a friend a few weeks ago who said one of the best things she ever did for herself is she quit watching the news mm. and it lowered her, her stress level completely. She was always tuned in. I recommend yeah. it to people, especially people that, um, that are very online and we all inevitably end up in an echo chamber. And I mean, we're all riddled with bias. Like we just are, that's how our brains are. And it's just how it is. Some of us try to like catch that bias and not, not, um go wild with it and and some people do i guess but you know people that are super online and you're consuming the stuff constantly and especially when they're a little bit younger because this woke cancelly horrible type of behavior is completely socially acceptable so their friend groups are really horrible and really unsupportive and really sort of they're not friends they're like what we used to call frenemies you know like yeah um, that that's what their friend groups are now but they wrap it up in social justice language so they think that the bullying that they're doing of each other is really virtuous yes um, they're yeah, helping really, to correct you yeah yeah it's, it's it's delusional and so i just kind of recommend that they they start to manage their time online um and you know one client i got her to put an app on her phone that locks her out of social media when she reaches a threshold because her anxiety was so bad um and it helps it really helps because it's like consuming a bit of a neurotoxin your brain is bloody um you know being pickled by dopamine all day long and then you, you a hyper vigilant shall i like this tweet you know someone made a point but this is about can i like jordan peterson's tweet or are my friends going to see it and they're going to cancel me 
You know, this yeah. is how people. Yes. No, you it's may not hostile, like Jordan Peterson's yeah, tweet. That's the it's answer. a hostile, and that's another part of my cancellation is that she's a fan of Jordan Peterson, and um, so it's like um, that's terrible. He told me to clean my room, so yeah. that must make him a Nazi. Yeah, clearly, <laughs> clearly. I, you know, uh, I was reading the other day. I wonder about if you have a thought on this. I was reading about um, this theory that I guess the dopamine, serotonin, and oxytocin are supposed to be like for us to feel generally good, there's kind of a balance there. And what's what's really happened is that we've gone completely overboard on dopamine, mm. um, and and we we are not we're not supplementing it with more oxytocin and serotonin, which is hard to do. Um, and that's and that's one of the reasons that we have a lot of this kind of malaise and dysfunction. I don't know. I'm not a neurologist. Well, I think though, so. it's yeah. I'm, I'm not a neuroscientist. That's not my competence. But just like. Um, based on some of the things I've read to make a sort of disclaimer, educated guess. Um, I think, uh, yeah, you're living in the cycle of the the um, dopamine, which is what you do get from the internet. We've become much more pleasure oriented than well-being oriented, I think. So I, th I recently did actually make a post kind of on this theme, which was that you want your self-care to, to over time increase your serotonin and dopamine not give you one big dopamine sort of like hit in the moment so self-care isn't like getting getting um bubble baths and shopping and eating eating tons of food um your self-care should be right i had a 10 minute walk today and um uh you know went to bed on time and things that actually increase because that's what that's what makes you feel well-being in yourself um depression is low levels of serotonin so um, I mean, it's it's more complex than that, but just in, in a broad sense. And um, the more online we become, the more we spend our times, our lives kind of pursuing. Because um, everything that, that everyone lives these up is Netflix. It's um, Netflix is how we, we, we unwind. Most of us are kind of locked in our houses and somewhat isolated in the last couple of years. So it's more online than we've ever been before and of course you're you're not going to get oxytocin you're not seeing your friends you're not hugging people um you're just sitting there scrolling with a dead vacant look on your face how can we if we think about how we've evolved um human beings we're not meant to be couched potatoes looking at a phone all day that's not how can we be well if we live like that yeah yeah no arguing on the internet all day yeah I think another good rule of thumb, uh, I've been practicing this at the, at the, is put your phone away at the gym. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> if you I, do by the get way, out. Carrie, when you said that, it blew my mind that you had your phone out at the gym. I was like, who has their phone? Well, because I will listen to podcasts. I'm sometimes. Drew Carter, actually. I feel like if you have your phone out at <laughs> the gym, you're, you're cheating. That's not, yeah. that's, you're not working out properly if it's out. My, but, but I will listen to, cause I used to listen, I started off listening, actually Jordan Peterson, you mentioned, I used to listen to some of his lectures at the gym yeah. and that was really cathartic. And also I was working out while listening to them, but the, the danger of having it right there then is, is that you'll do something else. So I've just started putting it away. Um, because it, pull, just, it just pulls, it sucks you in, doesn't it? You go into yeah. your um thing you're like right in between the set let me quickly see my notifications yeah. and like, oh my god look at what this person is has said and then you start scrolling the comments and before you know it you're breaking between sets 
is like 10 minutes. Yeah. And because yeah. um, it just, it, it's, it's designed to do that. It's designed to suck you in. And you're, you're, it, it's designed to steal your attention from you. That's why yes. I tell myself um, to, to guard myself against it. Like this shit is stealing my attention. So I'm gonna, yes. I'm, I'm not gonna let it do that. We have certain rules uh, for anybody who is watching, who finds themselves with their attention divided. I'm newly married. We have certain rules. Well, first of all, we're doing a one date night a week, which is what my cousin does. And they have a very strong marriage. So it's like, I'm gonna do what is she does. a cousin with like 30 children? 19, yeah. <laughs> 19 oh. children. Oh yeah, Surat. We should talk about this sometime. It's very interesting. Nineteen I, children. Yeah. Um, yeah. Did she they like have, birth them all? They're all single births. She has a TV show called. Uh, it, she, her old show was called United Bates of America, but now she's on a show called Bringing Up Bates. And they wow. used to be. They're all homeschooled too. She homeschooled all of them, and she sort of. What's enough for a class there? <laughs> yes. Classroom size. Yes. And to have that many kids and to still be able to set aside time for her and her husband, I used to kind of, I was, when I was social justice person, I was really arrogant about towards her. And I really thought this crazy religious fundamentalist, but now I look at her and I'm like, wow, her kids seem to have turned out pretty good. Uh, like she seems to have a pretty good relationship. So we're doing this, uh, we're doing date night once a week, but also when we go out to, to lunch or dinner or anything, I see so many people on their phones when they're having, yeah. when you're having a meal. Um, yeah. And then you, you're just inviting all these outside people into your meal with your loved one. Why are you doing that? And it's taking your attention away. It's like, just, it's, that's not, not that hard bad. of a thing to put it away just for an hour or two for during the meal. Right. Like. I kind of have, have a no of, like, at the story table. about, yeah. Like, um, I, I've been asked by my partner to do that because I wasn't doing it enough. Um, and like we sort of have a, have a rule in the, in the evening when we kind of both finish work and have like an hour or two before bed together, I have to keep my phone um, like at a minimum and not look at it too much. And I was thinking about the, you know, when you're with your with whoever, your loved one, your, your dad, your sister, your friend, and you're looking at your phone, what happens is that you're not living where you are physically you're living in this online world in that moment yes. so it's actually like the person that you're with is like in a distraction a bit of a distraction to what it is that you're focused on which is being kind of sucked into this virtual yes. reality you're in you and then you get dysregulated because the internet does that to you and social media is, is sort of um it is fucking dysregulating and then you get snappy and weird with them and I was thinking, God, this is relationally a ter like terrible thing. You don't want your phone out with um, when you're with another human being at all. Um, it makes you, it turns you into a bit of a dickhead to be around, doesn't it? Yes, yes, yeah. We've actually, and I, and I also, my loved one, my husband had to tell me once that there was one time we were in the car somewhere, and and I was on the phone while he's driving, and it was just, he was like, I feel like alone right now because you're in this other place do you know what i mean yeah, and, and yeah. Like, you're right i am it's it it is you, you think about alone. that you're in this place where you're yeah. talking to other people and you're not talking to him and yeah so it's you're like in, you it's, are in a different place yeah and it is like it, that is what being in the matrix is right um you're not physically plugged in but that that's it your attention has been taken from you and it's been 
plugged into the matrix where you're connected to other people's attention and you're not really connecting to them you're connecting to a proxy of them that's being distorted by the hall of mirrors that is the internet and and we all all of us are in there all the time and people are becoming billionaires over it like you have to, like it's yeah. just such a weird thing yeah yeah i've said this before but uh, i'll say it again the i deleting all social media from my phone was such a great decision. Um, I like if I need to use social media for work or whatever, like I have to go to my computer, and sit yeah. down. And like, you can tell when I'm doing it. Cause like, if you puff all my Twitter, there'll be like a few hours where I'm tweeting a lot. And then you won't hear me from me for three days. It's like, yep, that's cause it wasn't open. I wasn't looking at it. By the way, just um, a reminder, Carter really loves to receive golden girls memes on Facebook. <laughs> Facebook I open almost never. Like I, I almost never look at Facebook, um, but yeah. I didn't miss it. Like it's not on my phone and like, I don't, it doesn't really, it doesn't, I don't really miss it. It's, I, you feel like you're going to really miss it, but you don't, it doesn't matter. So you almost can't even consider the possibility. Like I'm trying to make myself consider the possibility of deleting them off my phone. I'm like, that, that's no, I'm not doing that. Yeah, <laughs> well, I mean, great. like, I mean, I want to, I think what you've done is great. I, I really want to, I'm just think I'm reflecting on how addicted I actually am. Yeah. Plus I use them for work and stuff. Um, and, but, but I try to, I do try to limit my time. So like you, I'll come on like an hour, fire off like 10 random tweets <laughs> and then go away again. Yeah. But, try right. to turn it off. If you have the self-control to do that, great. I just couldn't, right? It was, it was there and then. You know, I didn't have the self-control. The other thing I noticed was when I started to decrease my social media activity, I wanted, I was reaching for other dopamine hits <laughs> and yeah. thinking about it in terms of dopamine and then serotonin and oxytocin as other neurotransmitters helped me realize like, oh, this other thing that I'm going for is not the right substitute. Like I don't, I don't want a different dopamine thing. I want something else. Like I need to go take that walk or do something else that's not just a different form of dopamine, right? Yeah. Um, so. A cool experiment to do is to put your phone out of reach and then you watch how many times you mindlessly reach for it. You don't even consciously know. So I do this sometimes just to see how bad I'm at in that moment. And then you're kind of just watching something and then you feel your hand reach out and you don't get anything. And you're like, oh damn, I'm reaching for my phone again. Uh, I've done this, it's, it's, it's yeah, we're, we're totally yeah. addicted. Your, your mind is, I've, there's a funny thing. I don't know if you guys, Carter has a cat. So do you have a dog, Surat? I've got two cats. You got cats. My dog tries to bury my phone. At any time <laughs> I put it down, he's like covering it with invisible dirt. Like he hates oh. it. <laughs> he really hates it. He'll bury Bless any him. phone. He's yeah, any phone. Yeah. If you anybody, my husband's phone or my housemate's phone. If you put it down, he's like, get rid of it. <laughs> well, my cat, yeah. my my cat Mongo, who was my best friend ever, died last year, and he would come and he would come and lie across my phone. So I'd be like sitting there scrolling, and he'd come and lie across it, completely cover it. And he was a huge, massive cat. He was like over a stone, so like six, seven kilo cat, and he would just cover it. And my little kitten, I've got a kitten now called um, Bunny, and she chews the phone. <laughs> but I don't think it's because she knows. I think she just chews it because I'm not sure. But she will just chew and attack that phone. Um, yeah. 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 
So there are some people. Some, yeah, let's do a few sorry, super chats because I saw we had some questions for yeah. Sorette earlier. We have a lot of super chats to get through, and some of them are direct questions to you. So okay. I'm going to um, read the one for her first, just because I don't know how long she'll you'll get to stick around, Sorette. Um, do, yeah, somebody do, do was asking, and we'll come to it later. And, and, and thank you for the super chat. I don't have it right in front of me, but somebody was asking you, hmm. what suggestions, what kind of questions would you recommend that people ask if they're looking for a therapist and who they don't want to be infected by woke ideology? Okay. Um, when you're looking at what they say about themselves, their descriptions, um, see whether they use woke buzzwords. If they do, they're obviously pretty woke. Personally, I like to just face it head on and just say, how do politics inform your work? And if they start going into I'm anti-oppressive and I'm blah, 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 then you know that they care more about political theory than psychotherapeutic theory. If they say politics doesn't inform my work, you inform my work, and it's about you, then they're probably someone who's actually practicing psychotherapy, not, not bullshit. What if you just ask how many genders there are and see what happens? <laughs> <laughs> lizard, lizard, anyone? Ask them yeah. who's I identify as lizard. Will you take me as a client? No. All right. Well, then. I no, I was kidding. I don't. I'm a tree. I mean, <laughs> I'm a tree. Can you? I, right. I, I don't. I don't. Anyway, yeah. Carrie, are there more that you know are for Sirat, or should uh, I? Just no. Uh, you start going through them. I'll look through a few too. All right. Uh, uh, let's see. In the U.S., most of us, most of the last year, this is from Pirate Tomsky. In the U.S., most of last year, the Democratic Party said they would never take the Trump shot. No wonder people are confused and hesitant. I do remember yeah, there that. Was, there was a lot of like, I'm never taking this stupid Trump shot. Because he, remember early on, he said, uh, we're going to have a vaccine. We're, you know, we're going to, that, that's how we're going to deal with this. We're going to accelerate the vaccine process. We're going to get vaccines. Mm -hmm. And the left was... Yeah, I wouldn't trust Trump shot, blah, blah, blah. Just, you know, to make them feel icky. What they took yeah, is the just... Trump shot. Biden took over, like, when it was done. So what you've injected is actually the Trump <laughs> shot. Uh, that's what you injected. <laughs> oh, my word. Um, Force of Light Entertainment. The fastest they have ever created a vaccine for a novel virus is five years, but we are to shut up and take this. No, thanks. Force of light. Hello, ladies. I don't, I mean, again, I think it's, I might, like, if I were in different risk category, I might take it. Like, if I have some friends that are older or in higher risk categories, and I think it's worth, like, is there a little bit of risk with it? Because it's, you know, um, not fully vetted yet. Sure. But, you know, everyone has just different risk profiles. So hmm. how about we decide for ourselves? Look at that. Um Oceana23, who we've been at war with for quite some time, is what I hear. I uh, don't know if you've addressed Gary Maynard, the social justice prof arsonist who set the Cal wildfires. I looked at his social media. He thought Trump was Jim Jones and QAnon was in his flower pots. I have no idea what you're talking about, but I will go look up Gary Maynard. That sounds and like an interesting. I will look for Jim Jones in my flower pots or QAnon, I guess, in my flower pots. Later. That's an interesting rabbit hole. <laughs> Christopher Gorey says, "Hi all. I recently asked what advice I'd give to those. I was recently asked what advice I'd give to those too scared to speak their opinions. I just talked about the dangers of self-censoring. What advice would you guys give to the intimidated? 
Sirat, what would you tell someone if they came to you and said they were scared to speak their opinions? I'd say I understand why you're scared for good reason. Um, and uh, this is not, this is just me, not as a therapist. And I'd, I'd, um, I think speak up like now's the fucking time to speak up before this goes too far and we can't, can't walk it back. Um, if you're scared to keep speak, speak up. Um, I understand that, but bravery is doing the thing even when you're scared. That's what being brave is. So be brave. Yeah. I agree. Would your answer change if you're if this was a therapy session? Oh yeah, if it was a therapy session, then my opinion is irrelevant. Um, if it's a therapy session, then we talk about well where their fears are coming from. Um, and if it's a therapy session, it's more about making sure that we reach the conclusion that um, helping the client reach what's best for them, what according to what they think and their worldview and their values and all that kind of stuff, my opinion isn't um, isn't relevant to that. Okay, so it'd be more about exploring what the fear, where the fear comes from, rather than saying, suck it up and speak up now, because you need to. Yeah. Okay. But that's really what you're saying, is to suck it up and speak up now, because if we don't, we're... <laughs> it is what I'm All saying. Right. Yeah, you know, yeah, I good. tweeted the other day, I don't know how many fucking cowards we're living among, who say one thing in the DMs, but publicly won't even like your tweets. Yes. Yeah. I, so I, I'm bothered by that when people say like, I support what you're doing privately. I'm like, that's not support. That's not support. You're a little weirdo hiding in the cupboard. Like, stop it. Right. Yes. Well, I have a lot of, that's such a, I have a lot of sympathy for that. I understand it. I get those same messages. I've gotten them ever since leaving entertainment to say what I want. But I also have had a personal situation recently with a bully in which I've seen it personally now too, in a different way. I've seen like people afraid of ideology and I've seen people afraid of a person and, yeah. and being able to see both of those things and being able to see pe people. It's taught me so much about human nature. People are afraid and they, that's just a normal human thing. And, but so many people, we let our fears stop us from doing what is right or from saying like, we'll say it privately or behind closed doors but publicly be too afraid to just stand for something. And I don't know, that's been a very, this past year has been a really eye-opening lesson for me about the, na the nature of human beings, especially human beings in large groups and in social settings. And, um, you know, I'm always looking for those silver linings for everything that's unfolded and all the authoritarianism. And, and that's one of them. It's just, I feel like I understand a lot more about humans now. And yeah, maybe because I've also been learning a lot more about myself. But uh, anyway, I agree. I, I just I wish it make you more misanthropic. Because I feel like I've learned more about humans and I'm not impressed. Sometimes I feel like you I know you're missing. Sometimes I feel more misanthropic. Sure. I get frustrated. I'm like, why won't you say something? But it's the right thing. You know, why won't you do that? And then other times I'm like, no, because I remember what it was like when I was really afraid. And you know, it took me, as people watch our show know, it took me about six months from the time at which I had fully, finally arrived at an understanding of of what my old ideology was, and that and that I thought it was wrong. It took me a while to even get to that point, but once I got to that point, I was afraid to say anything about it. For another six months, I was quiet, yeah. and 
I had written Jordan Peterson a letter that he read on his on his YouTube channel, and I was really afraid that people would find out it was me, even though he changed some things in it. And I told him that, and he was like, "Well, you need you need to get over that fear." And and I knew he was right, but it still took me half a year to start speaking. Whoa. So I do understand that people like they it's a it's a very real thing that people are grappling with of of put putting a target on their back, you know. Well, it's like it's the fear of of rejection from the tribe. That's the evolutionary fear, and yeah. it's um, it's it's people who are high in agreeableness, so they don't want to be they don't want to be disagreeable and say, actually, um, you're talking utter shit, and it doesn't it's not reflected in anything real, evidence based, whatever, and um, it, it I've yeah I've come to realize that it's a pretty rare person. I didn't know this. Um, and it sounds like you didn't either. There's a pretty rare person who'll stand up and say no you, uh, against their social group and against um, what they're immersed in and like their field or like Clifton talking about his industry, you talking about the community you came from, me talking about therapy. I thought people, I thought when, when something is really wrong, a decent amount of people are principled and have enough spine to say no stop it this is wrong and um it is kind of black pilling to, to know that's not the case it's not the case it's a small minority i think yeah yeah, yeah but the white pretty... pill the white pill side of that is it doesn't actually take many people to change an entire civilization right yeah they don't matter most of those yeah. people don't matter they'll go with whoever's whoever's the loudest strongest voice they'll yeah. probably there's a decent amount of people who, whatever is the mainstream ideology of the day, they will be dialed into it. And right. it it could have easily, if a few a few t twists of fate along the way hadn't gone the way they have, maybe it wouldn't be wokeness, it'd be something else. Right. Yeah. Mm. Uh, all right. Tara T says, wine and sushi are bad when pregnant. Experimental shot, perfectly fine. Yes. <laughs> that is the narrative. Uh, Richard Petz says, yes, Carter, any so-called facts aside, it's the suppression of open discussion that's terrifying. Um, I think a lot of people feel that way. Little Ragamuffin says, science must follow what it finds. If it doesn't, it's no longer science, but science fiction. Yeah, or religion, right? It's, or it's religion. That's dogma, right? It's dogma yeah. then. Uh, Vicky Venable says, do you think that Biden can implement passports for interstate travel? Is that actually doable? Is America dead? Where are the peaceful protests? So um, Carter's, Carter's going to yes, have a... Yes, he can. <laughs> it's illegal and unconstitutional, but of course he can do it. Yes. He's. We've already seen that it doesn't really matter if things are illegal anymore. That's what he said about the CDC stepping in and, and issuing an opinion on public property and saying mm -hmm. that property owners can't evict people without incurring a $150,000 fine from the government. That's, Biden said, this is likely illegal, but we're gonna do it anyway. And and to me, that just signaled, okay, yes, you're right. I, you're not going crazy. You are living Thanks in a Napoleon. world where it doesn't matter anymore if something's legal or not, they're just gonna do it. There's so, so much about that that's just like, you you want to take a part one the fact that like it's not legal but it, but you know we're gonna it doesn't matter we're gonna do this anyway and the other thing is they're like fucking weird ass one-dimensional compassion so oh no people are gonna get evicted or what about the people who are like 
a fucking normal person who doesn't have any other income than their their rental tenant you're yeah. going to put them totally who where's the compassion for them we they don't care it's not it's not a big corporation yeah. it's mostly just normal people who don't have any other any other income stream but then of course the the get out of jail free card for that is all landlords are evil who are hoarding prop i don't know i i, I don't know brain bomb logic i know like real logic they're so they're okay with I, I think what's it's happening is there's mom and there's right? mom and pop shops there's mom and pop people who are i say shops but people who own property we have several of them in our audience there are some who haven't been paid for months and months and months during lockdown i know of one in particular i've talked to and that is their only source of income and a lot of those people they're the just average everyday people who happen to own a property, that's where they make their source of income. They're unloading their houses right now to come to, to corporations like BlackRock. So they want to talk about this. Um, it, if they want to, well, if they want to say all landlords are some evil, you know, rich, but they're, you're taking average people like my dad who owns a, a tiny little uh uh, house in, in the middle of nowhere in South Carolina, people like him are now s giving those up and selling them to big corporations because they can't shoulder the risk of someone not paying them to live there. But a big corporation like BlackRock can. Right. It's just Taking, like, yeah. so it's, it's fine average... to screw over some people, but for, I, I just... Yeah, they, they, they don't care. I, my, I, I don't know if these numbers are exactly right, but I think Keith was telling me about this. Uh, I think roughly 50% of the of the the landlords for these properties are are like regular people like not yeah. corporations and their average income is i think it's somewhere like 70k um and you can and you can get away with not getting evicted if your income is below like 100k or something like that so there are literally people who are not paying rent to their landlord who doesn't make as much as they are making mm -hmm. um and you know that's fine they don't care they don't care about any of this though we they're just they're saying the stuff because it works they don't they don't care they don't yeah you're don't, right. it's it's weaponized empathy well, in the sense of it's not even empathy it's i'm going to claim empathy when it's convenient to say that it's empathetic the thing i want yeah. to do i'm going to justify using empathy the end yeah and everything else empathy yeah. be damned yeah exactly that um Marie Busky says, Amen. governments have completely disregarded informed consent. Doctors have been instructed to recommend the vaccine without providing all the info. What? Probably. Oh, wow. Uh, G-Man, by the way, this is not a super chat, but I just saw, he just said, once BlackRock has bought up all it can, they'll give the feds the green light to end the eviction moratorium. Yeah, I'm sure they will. Right. Yeah. It's not going to let, you know, it's not going to hurt their deep pockets once they own a lot of the private property. Uh, speaking of Maria Tuscan, who gave us that super chat, she's the one who alerted me to this large infrastructure bill we just passed. Have you heard about this, Sarah, in the U.S.? We just passed this. That was Marie Busky, by the way, not Maria. Oh, Marie Busky. I get the I get the Maries and the Marias. Confused, I know knitters sorry. are all the same to you. All the, all, the, <laughs> all the knitting ladies. Um, Maria Tuscan sent me this thing about uh, the infrastructure bill and buried in it is they're going to move ahead with this thing we talked about Carter where they're going to they're going to tax us per mile per vehicle. They don't want us to own vehicles. That's that's what I'm taking away from this is if you own a vehicle and you drive a lot, let's say you commute from a rural area into the city, you're going to be punished for driving. You're going to have to how pay this tax extra tax. I don't know how they're going to do it, but it's in the infrastructure bill. They're going to start doing this and they haven't indicated if they're going to get rid of the gas tax or not. So it's like you're already taxing for gas. 
and now you're going to tax just for owning my own vehicle. Um, and it, and all of it, you'll own nothing and be happy. Exactly. Big picture wise. I can't help but think about all that messaging about how they don't want us to own anything. It's like, well, you're attacking private property owners and you're attacking people who own cars and commute and don't live in the city, you know? But anyway, that's Um, an aside. It's just, I don't know. Things are, I try not to fall in with uh, what we talked about before, sir, like conspiracy theory stuff. But sometimes I'm like, is it a conspiracy theory when they put out the, the World Economic Forum puts it out there and says they don't want us to own anything? <laughs> like, I mean, they yeah. told us. <laughs> and eat, eat, eat bugs while you're at it. Yes. Well, conspiracy theory is not, doesn't make it wrong. Like some conspiracy theories are ludicrous, but two people getting together in secret with an agenda is a conspiracy. Like So if you have a theory about that and it turns out to be correct, that was a conspiracy theory. That's okay. Um, although I, I agree, the Great Reset stuff isn't even in secret. So does it even count? It's not a conspiracy. It's just a theory. Okay. It's just an observation <laughs> that this is what they're saying. Well, anything that, that is inconvenient to the narrative gets branded um, a conspiracy theory, really. Right to be discredited. Yes. Uh, before you continue reading Super Chats, I, I forgot something I want to say earlier. When you asked what it's like here in the States with the vaccine propaganda, mm-hmm. one of my friends here in Texas texted me this morning and said, speaking of Arnold Schwarzenegger, he just had this whole rant about how, you know, screw your freedoms and called us all schmucks and whatever. There's a new radio ad and I couldn't find it. This is how new it is. But she heard a radio ad this morning on terrestrial radio with Arnold Schwarzenegger telling us to get the vaccine and he basically was saying i said what did it say and she said it's something about how you need to get the vaccine or i'll be back <laughs> oh did you see that oj simpson just, was putting a video out about getting the no, vaccine yeah no. <laughs> you need to get the jab i mean the stab i mean really Are whatever yeah yeah that no is... i'm not kidding okay yeah. what <laughs> That sounds like a Babylon V headline. <laughs> I, I saw his video. Yeah. Oh my goodness. It's not like produced. It's him just like on Twitter, oh. like talking about how you need to get. You almost can't have satire now because things <laughs> are so ridiculous. It is like, it is all already satire. <laughs> yes. Get the stab. Oh my goodness. All right. Adam Coleman says, oh, we, we can't do this anymore. But he said, ask Clifton about when I cut someone off on a live call with so anyways. Okay. We will ask him next time. Hello, Adam. Tomsky says, the radical left don't care about anything except power. Many people don't care about anything except power, by the way, uh, sadly. Yeah. Pirate Tomsky also says, I think Clifton needs to write a book called How to Be an Anti-Actor and make circular arguments about how to make make it in Hollywoke. Bestseller. Yeah, I don't know if you did. Have you noticed that Ibram X. Kendi, like, people have been asking... If you look for definitions of racism, every single time he defines it, he he references the word racism in yeah. the definition. It's amazing. Um, Christopher Gorey says quarantine is a must. If we have to go, if we have to, we'll do it by force. And that was a quote from Kentucky Judge Dean Watts of Nelson County. How do we ever trust them again? Well, as the skeptic of government here, my question, Christopher, is when? Why did you ever start trusting them? But that's a separate issue. <laughs> I'm going to read a couple and then I'm going to have sure, to yeah. go a little. 
because yeah, I've got I need to head dog off coming. Uh, Kent, well, thank you very much. Let me read this one. Kent says, provoking online with your real name is righteous. I think so as well. I think if you're going to be trolling online, you might as well do it with your real name. Thank yeah. you, Kent. And um, and before you go, Sarah, I wanted to show you a funny image. Can you okay. put this up, Beverly, the one I sent you? I'm, I'm scrolling through Super Chess to see if there's anything aimed at For Sarah before okay. she leaves. This is, I just thought this was so funny. This is our, you, those of you who have been watching on Safe Space for a while, you know Beverly, our producer, has moved to a farm and is raising lots of wild animals. And she has, this, this really happened. This is not a joke. Is that her, two geese FaceTiming? Yes. <laughs> One of her geese is sick and had to go to the vet many hours away. And yesterday, or was it yesterday, Beverly? She had them FaceTime together. <laughs> it's a real picture. I just thought it was funny. <laughs> anyway, there's your bit of joy. <laughs> thank you thank you so much i have for... to head off i'm afraid yeah. um thank you for having me this was really fun it was good to good to see you guys again remind um, people how they can follow you and where they can pay attention to what you're doing um you can follow me on twitter and on instagram it's the same handle which is sirat k chowla um and the spelling i'm sure kerry and carter will supply yeah. <laughs> <laughs> thank you guys Cool. Thanks Thank for you having so much me. for joining. Bye, Have guys. Bye. 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 Carter, I can hang out for another few minutes, and then I've got a dog arriving, so I'll have to go. Just that's fine. I just want to get through. You know, people give us super chats. I want to get through them if we can. So, um, all right. Piratomsky says everyone who was deemed non-essential should have the option to never pay taxes again. Not essential, after all. I love that idea. I was just reading an essay about um, the right to opt out of government. So I'm all about that. That's a great idea. Dave Homer says, it feels nice to see you guys acknowledging that it's just a little strange. So many people want me and people like me to die. It is yeah. a little bit strange, right? Yeah. Uh, maybe not even just a little bit. It's kind of creepy. Um, G-Man says, not only did the government tell non-essential people that they're worthless. It also told them they have no right to work and support themselves. Insanity. Yeah. Yeah. Diane Morrison says a sentence to being murdered by your husband. If you are shut in at home and he's made jobless Two UK women per week were killed at home by a partner will have increased. Yeah. So that's, that's one of the things we've been talking about since the very beginning of the lockdowns is, you know, they, the cathedral never wants us to talk about, all the things we knew that were going, we knew these things would increase. And I think because Trump mentioned some of them, then suddenly we weren't allowed to talk about them. But people people know that when you're locking everyone down, you're saying they can't go out, they can't go to work, domestic abuse is going to increase. If you've got people who are living in a situation where it's an abusive home and you're forcing them to be in that home more often, child abuse is going to increase, anxiety, depression, suicide, alcoholism, addiction rates, all of these things we saw like skyrocket. And that wasn't, that's, that shouldn't have been a surprise, but we weren't even allowed to speak about that. And even now, I don't think it's, it's rare that I see the media commenting on it. Every once in a while, they'll do a piece like, 
the hidden costs of COVID and they'll do a thing about children and, and suicide or children anxiety. And it's like hidden. Well, it's and only hidden it's the cost because of you COVID, hit it. Not the cost of the reaction to COVID. Right. 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 They try and pretend like it's the result of COVID. Yeah, like there's no other possible response to the disease than what happened. Yeah. And therefore, it's like, well, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Joseph Massey says, as a lizard, I would like an apology immediately. <laughs> well, I won't give you an apology, but I'll do this. Okay. Um, find a city cycling <laughs> says, oh, those who care see. about automobile related fatalities do have a solution. It's called Vision Zero, and it's utopian nonsense. Is it like no driving? That's probably what it is. Uh, Penumbra Syndicate says, always remember the authoritarians taking over right now believe men can get pregnant. Yes. They do. Actually, Beverly, can you put up this other image right now? This is really funny. The other oh, images that you she guys. She might have an issue right now. I'm not sure. Oh. She's got StreamYard issues. Okay. This is a, a meme that I mentioned to you, Carter, during our test video. And this just cracked me up. It's a oh. fake headline. And it just kind of sums up where we are right now in terms of the propaganda from the oh, media. This is from okay. this is from Pox. And there's a picture of a man lying in a hospital bed on a, it looks like a ventilator. And the headline says, perfectly healthy 300 pound diabetic left intubated in a coma shares his dying words. And here the subtitle is, quote, just take the damn vaccine and trust the science. Also, trans men are men. <laughs> <laughs> He's not intubated in the picture, though, but that's a, a quibble. <laughs> it's written by the byline. It's written by Winston Smith. <laughs> <laughs> and his, his Twitter is Winston Smith 1984. <laughs> that's really funny. I saw James Lindsay tweeted that, and I was like, oh, we got to share that. That's funny. Yeah, that is good. <laughs> Twee Girl says, breaking. Federal Government of Canada to require Pfizer slash Moderna. C-19 injections for all federal public servants and air slash trans passengers. Not surprising, not flying to Canada anytime soon. Why Bob? Oh, Super Iron Bob asks, is that Hyde? I thought it looked like Sam Hyde in the picture. Mm -hmm. I don't know. It's a, this comedian, anyway. Uh, why Bother <laughs> says, if higher ups would come out one day and claim that Blondo is what people need, it got electrolytes. I wouldn't be surprised. It would rather be a relief and everything would make sense then. Yes, that's a reference to Idiocracy if you haven't seen it, which you should go see if you haven't seen it. Um, but yes. Um, Peter Cesarek says, daily reminder that 99.98% of people are not dying. Yeah. How dare you, sir? How dare you say that? People have lost their minds though. I mean, again, to go back to something we were talking about earlier, Carter, I see so many people making these comparisons again to smallpox and stuff. And it's like, don't talk to me about stuff you don't know anything about. Okay. Like, I, and I need to read about it too. I've been reading about smallpox because of that. But, but these people who bring it up to me and the, oh, what with a smallpox vaccine, it's like, okay, I can tell you've read nothing about smallpox if you think this is similar. The mortality rate is over 30. You don't 30. really need to know much other than yeah. the mortality rate. The mortality rate was 30%. This is 0.5. It's not even 1%. That's first of all. And then second of all, the, the, the whole history of how they came about approving the vaccine 
And how many times in the 50s, so this is in the 30s, they had issues with it. And they, uh, and then again, in the 50s, they took it, they took it, they, they stopped the trials because they had 11 deaths, 11. And the people who tell me this stuff, they like, they don't even know how many deaths have happened because of the, the jab. They have no idea. And they, they have as much of an idea as they know about the, the facts of the smallpox vaccine and how it was developed and how many years it took. So, okay, sorry about that rant. I just, I, I don't like people talking about things they don't know or they haven't looked into. Why would, why do um, you do that? Why do you spend any time on social media? <laughs> I don't know how you're on Twitter. Um, <laughs> I just have to quote this because someone turning on the screw mentioned it. Welcome to Costco, Carrie. I love you. Who said right. that? Turning on the screen. He didn't say Carrie. I'm just saying, welcome to Costco. I love you. Oh, that's funny. All right. Francis Montgomery says the CDC currently oh, yeah. recommends that everyone should wear a mask. However, the CDC did not provide any scientific studies regarding the effectiveness of masks. They don't need to because they're dictating things. <laughs> they also said uh, apparently they have the power to uh, suspend evictions. Pirate Tomsky says, I've been vaccinated and refused to comply with COOF passports. Good for you, man. Yeah, I good agree. for you. Yeah. If you are vaccinated, that doesn't mean you have to comply with passport stuff. Yeah. James B says, uh, see, your natural immunity ideas are wrong research. I don't even know how to parse that. I don't know if see refers to me. I don't know. What, I don't have any natural immunity ideas. And I don't know what wrong research is. But other than that, it makes perfect sense. Pirate Queen, it is my understanding that the antibodies wear off, but that the T cells retain the memory of the KUF proteins. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. But they are starting, you're starting to see a lot of uh, like arguments that you need to be like top it off, right? You're seeing people get another, another shot and that kind of stuff. I'm not going to get into the science there because I don't know. Uh, Super Iron Bob says, my job is to requ is requiring masks for the unjabbed with medical reasons. I've started saying that public disclosure of status is starting to be a safety concern. Yeah. It, it is a safety it concern is. because some of these people want us dead. And it, it that is a safety concern. And I get, mm -hmm. like, I get why people are afraid to say, you know, if, they, if they've gotten it or not, or just to say anything. It's like, it should be nobody's business, but but society and the government right now is trying to make it everyone's business. So that's why I did my, I put my picture up with the hashtag, the uh, new normal hashtag. Cause I'm like, I don't, I'll put my face on it. Yeah. I'm one of the unvaccinated. Ooh, the boogeyman that you want to keep out of society. <sighs> I don't know. I mean, I think the proper response is it's none of your business, right? Like it doesn't, it doesn't matter. I mean, it's not, mm -hmm. it's not anyone's business. Um, but Matt Deckard cor correctly points out that ignoring your phone is racist. So I'm going to have to go put Twitter back on my phone. Grady Jocelyn says, I've been forcing myself away from mainstream social media and focus on topics like stargazing. Oh, that's cool. We, I have too much light pollution where I am, but that sounds like a fun hobby. And finally, I think we're caught up now, although Carrie disappeared. Oh, there she is. Uh, why bother says it seems that our society is gaining herd immunity to reasoning for the sake <laughs> of search of truth. Well, yes, I'm not sure. I think our, I think we've had herd immunity to reasoning for quite some time, but it has certainly been getting worse. 
Someone says, Greg, the, uh, this is not a super chat, but uh, Greg the Baritone says, the future is Demolition Man. You know, I think about that movie quite often because I think, you know, idiocracy is over the top and, and so is Demolition Man, but we are more Demolition Man right now than idiocracy. We are definitely going in this direction of pathologically dysfunctional germophobia, right? Of like this kind of crazy everything has to be hermetically sealed we can't like any any germ risk is bad um which is just you know absolutely absolutely insane i think that something's probably going to happen as a result my guess is whenever you see whenever society clamps down on something like this socially you end up seeing it's like squeezing a balloon and some other part of it like blows up in some area so uh the example that I sometimes use is Japan post-World War II. The U.S. imposed a lot of um, censorship and pornography restrictions on, on Japan. And so they they couldn't do kind of normal, uh, if there's any such a thing, whatever, normal American-style pornography stuff. So, but, so they squeezed that into the balloon, and now you have, like, grown men reading weird, like, magazines of, like, Tentacle. insane porn tentacle porn stuff like on the subway right although in fairness to japan tentacle porn uh does date back hundreds of years but um but like that's that's kind of become some of the weird fetish stuff has become a thing yeah i think you'll see and i think you'll see in these populations like america where there's there's clamping down and there's this germophobia i think you'll start to see like uh the opposite like segments segments of society maybe uh bars or other places or like people will start they'll they'll find places to gather where they will be even less cautious Safe. than they should be in normally like they'll oh, go yeah. the other way like let's have makeout parties like that kind of stuff will start happening where like they're gonna they'll just throw caution to win with disease generally um as kind of a re, as, as a psychological relief from this kind of hyper germophobia. So yeah, somebody in chat, DN says, DN, yeah, says filth fetish. That's exactly what it would be. And that's already happening. Yeah. Lutra says that's already happening there. There's, there's already this disgusting. uh, I saw David Raboy who we had on last week. He tweeted this morning about Bloomington, Indiana. They had just booked this guy uh, who does a lot of, uh, uh, this is so gross, who does a lot of gay incest porn, um, booked him to do a show for all ages, including kids, um, put on by the city. And (laughs) yeah. And if you went to his uh, social media pages, it always blows my mind to see pages where it's just, there's like outright hardcore porn on Twitter. And I forget that. Because of all the people they've censored, our unsafe space account has been permanently banned. Camera right, Pasha, Camera Pasha's screen are permanently banned. Um, ads, Hilbert's baby had, face, like, permanently banned. Hardcore porn on, and it would have been fine. On. But you could have disgusting incest hardcore porn on, and they're fine with it. And you might even get booked by the city of Bloomington, you know, to put on a show for kids. That's that's the world we're in we've right now. We've been going about this the wrong way, Carrie. 
it's if it's we wanted just, to talk to people, this was the way. We, damn it, we got it wrong. Yeah, it's just sick. It's just gross. Here it is. Uh, the city of Bloomington is hosting an incest fetish pornographer, a Satan worship, and he's also a Satan worshiper to perform a drag queen story hour and show for all ages. August fourteenth, Martina Maracina also goes by Adam Divine and has uploaded dozens of videos to Xtube with words like incest and brother and dad. I've, I saw some of the screenshots here. It's just absolute filth. And that's where we're going. That's what the government, that's what the state is supporting. That's what they're spending our tax dollars on from yeah. quality entertainment for children. Well, maybe the reverse is true in the sense of like, for this kind of stuff, the the response, the cultural response of little enclaves of like uh, hyper chaste communities. <laughs> like, right? Yeah. Like, I don't know. Um, um, oh yeah, that somebody pointed out, I just wanna make sure you know, Scott Miller says, um, Carrie on the bright side as Hill versus Babyface, his manager has a new account at Hot, Hot Toys, H-A-W-T Toys. Yeah, I saw that on Twitter, you guys can follow as his manager at Hot Toys. Hmm. All righty. I think we are, we're through Super Chats. Are we? I think we can probably cool. call it a day. Um, any, anything, any final thoughts? I Claire? wanted to read this letter, but I'm going to have to do it. We'll do it on the next show because I have a, a new dog coming over. Okay. Thank you, everyone, for watching. Have a good weekend. We will see you on Sunday for Book Club. Uh, or we'll see you on Monday if you don't show up to Book Club. Or we'll see Anything you in else? Texas. Be there. Be square. Alrighty. Later. Bye. Thanks for watching. If you're new to the channel, we have a deep content library that includes interviews with everyone from Mike Cernovich to Megan Murphy, so go check it out. If you'd like to see more, please consider supporting the show by visiting unsafespace.com donate. You can find us on all the major social media platforms, well, mostly, and you can find a community of like-minded individuals on our Unsafe Space chat on Telegram. See you there. Warning. This is an unsafe space. Dangerous ideas have been detected. The content of this production has not been authorized by the cathedral. Pay no attention to its thinky talk. The following co-conspirators have been unpersoned and will be recycled as part of our sustainability program. Here's a fun fact, there is literally no downside to unreserved obedience. We are not violent. But I would like to remind you that we have nukes and F-15s. If you think about it, no one should be allowed to express opinions. But don't. Think about it, I mean. That's not your job. Thinking has been scientifically proven to be less efficient than compliance. Science, scientific, and scientifically are registered trademarks of the World Economic Forum. Unauthorized use is prohibited.
computer voice Curtis, never mind, that last line is fake news. Please disregard it and return to your safe space immediately. There will be cake.